Do you want to yeah. record a podcast? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Any moment, I think we'd be probably a good guest to start. Boom! 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 I was really gonna try to do it. Keep going. I don't know if I can. I don't know, guys. I don't know about that. Welcome back to Slasher Tracks Podcast. We're back with another episode for you. Episode 41. I'm your host, Aaron. I'm Sloan. And I, I am your first mother. Oh, is this like a Bjork goat thing? kind of like it. You know, I do things. So, uh, for new listeners, thanks for tuning in. Uh, for, for all the old heads, thanks for, thanks for uh, giving us another shot here. Yeah, you we, fucking uh, old heads. So for the old heads, you might know that we started this podcast uh, with a little series uh, called uh, Oh Hellraiser. Hellraiser! And, oh yeah. We're, we're in the middle of a, a different gauntlet right now, the, the Frank Hennenlauter, um films. But unless you've been living under a rock, you've seen we've got a brand new Hellraiser movie. Who would have thought? So we, we, well, we, we did, it. but... We got to do it. Um, yeah. And we did. Yeah, we did. So uh, in this uh, episode, we're going we're gonna, to we're, 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 we're gonna break down our thoughts, and then in the second half of the episode, we'll go on a little sidetracks. Um, I'm going to dig into the composer, and uh, I don't know what these two freaks have got in mind, but um, it's going to be good stuff. So I got uh, stuff in mind. I have things in mind. I don't good, think good. any kids died in mine, but they do get abused, so okay. kind of classic. Hey. Kind of worse. So, it's been a long time coming. Technically, this movie has been in development since 2006. Really? Um, a reboot of some form has been in, since 2006. Wow. Uh, this particular one, only for mm. the last couple of years. But, um, as far as Hellraiser fans, there really hasn't been a new movie on our radar since we started all this. So, kind of a big deal. No pressure, uh, new Hellraiser, new Pinhead. Um, so I, I came in nervous, but um, the trailer was pretty pretty fucking neat looking, so I, I had a good feeling. All right, boys. What'd you fucking think? Just because just diving in with... Yeah, absolutely. Big, with big thumbs up for me. I liked it. I liked it a lot. It was fun. It's a good movie. It was nice. gross. I like New Penny. I love the Cenos. I was uh, nervous. I think we talked about in the previous episode because uh, Aaron was feeling positive from the trailer. I, on the other hand, was like, I don't know. I was just a little worried. Um, I was worried that it wasn't going to lean in enough to the whole like main concept behind the Cenobites, which is them being like on the 
the realms of uh, the edge of the realms of pleasure and pain and all that stuff. Uh, but you know, it was sexy. It definitely did that stuff. It felt very Clive. I liked it. It was good. Nice, nice. You, you love to hear it. Step stepmom, what are you thinking? I was very conflicted. There are parts that I thought were very bad, and there are parts that I thought were neat. Um, <laughs> I, know, it's just I don't know. I don't conflicted. know if I should. Uh, sounds like you didn't like. Should it. should I talk about? Should I talk about things? Should we? Should I dive into details, or should I? We should. We, should I let them emerge as we go through? Uh, I feel like it's how we usually do it. Aaron likes to go in bold. I don't know. So you know, I don't want people to get lost if we're getting into plot points. There's there's no rules. If people want the full plot, they can watch the damn. I movie want them to know what opinion. we're talking about. Um, I thought it was pretty good. I have <laughs> not a ton of complaints. Uh, I think it sounds like I liked it better than Cody did. Um, and I'm looking forward to talking about it. We've we've had an embargo even in the house. We've watched the movie twice now and haven't really talked to each other about it. Mm-hmm. Um, That's fun. We've been good about it. And, and now we can now we can get into it. And uh, we sure can. And I've also kind of kept away from headlines, news articles, reviews. People are so shitty on the internet, and I'm a stupid person. And all like I'm influenced by anything that I see or. So it would just, it would really muddy it up for me. So I don't know. I'm pretty sure the public liked this one. I have looked at, um, cause I, for some reason, uh, follow the Hellraiser subreddit. Um, uh, it's a shitty subreddit. It it's is. full of like, I need, I'm, I need kids to eat f- crayons. Yeah, I know. I need to fix my Reddit account for sure. And like get rid Sorry of some stuff if, and like, get some new things in. But, I um, bet some of our listeners might be on that one. I have but, avoided. I mean, I was come just, on dudes. Okay, I just brought this up to say, not to roast the uh, people on there, but I I avoided the reviews, but I was clicking on sometimes when people were talking about like plot points, um, just to see opinions on that. But yeah, I've just also tried to avoid what the public review. I did see the reviews today. I saw like just the uh, percentages and like Rotten Tomatoes today when I was looking up some info. But likewise. Maybe we can uh, talk characters, scenos, overall yeah. plot. So, uh, the movie, the film, opens in Serbia. And am I, which movie, was it five that was also, or seven that was in an Eastern European country? Maybe not Serbia, but I thought another film, because this was filmed in Serbia. There was there two. one other? Oh, there were two that were filmed in Serbia. Uh, I don't know. It was somewhere in I East. I mean, the first one has like a, just a Middle Eastern opening. Yeah. What's your pleasure? You know, like I but, think that's kind of like something that they touch on often. It was nice that they didn't use like a like a desert and they're like Serbia. They actually showed like a fucking city and they're like, hey, guess what? Cities in Serbia can look like <laughs> a fucking city, you fucking fools. Yeah. Like instead of being like magical men in tents and shit. Like it that oh, that was something that I thought carpet. was neat. Honestly, I when I think Serbia, I I don't even think is it sandy there. I just think of a gloomy city. I don't know what Serbia is. <laughs> I think same. <laughs> is it a country? <laughs> it's, it, yeah, probably. But like, 
Is it next to Russia? That's my guess. I just but assume if you told so. me it was inside <laughs> Russia, I would have been like, I think oh. you're thinking like Siberia. Siberian, like Siberian tiger. I figured, so I'm going to have to look up a map. A I thought that Serbia was like next to Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan or something. No, okay. Too I don't know. Things. Where is Serbia? But, <laughs> don't mind um, me. But two of those those late sequels, I remember, were filmed kind of like back-to-back, same director, in some yeah. European, East European place. I think probably because of cost. And this one maybe had similar reasons behind it. Like, all of the credits, uh, all, every single name ended in Ovik. Mm-hmm. Like, every single person over there, I guess. Even a couple of the Sinos. Sinovitovic. Uh, but yeah, so we're in Serbia. We see this lady named Serena. Turns out she is the lawyer from this for this uh, very rich pervert named Roland Voigt. And she is acquiring the box. And then cut. So she just see her getting the box. It's gray. And then it cuts to the Berkshires in Massachusetts. It's a big, fancy mansion. mansion and there's a sexy sex party happening. And we have oh, a vampiric sex worker named Joey. And a yeah, tank top. by the way, did you guys get that he was a sex worker from the movie? Uh, I was really no. thrown off when I read that because, like, uh, I it, I didn't even read that. I just thought he was. I was like, why is there this party, a fancy party, nonetheless? And he's wearing a tank, a tank top. top. He just looks like he didn't look like he fit. And I was like, what the fuck is this already? Is point. this whole movie suck? And then set the tone bad for mm, me. That's that's fair. They did say that when they showed later in the movie, and they're talking about victims of the box, they did say, like, one of them was a sex worker, and his picture uh, was in there. And then it does I make it like, make more sense sex worker that he is the sex worker because he looks very out of place. And he's and like, where's the guy? It's se- you know, it's like almost did seem like he was ordered and or something or like, you know, sought after on Craigslist or whatever, however you get uh, go yeah. up, wherever you go online these days. They they didn't have the money to spring for the AAA model. This was Kroger brand. Hey, uh, he was cute. Uh, uh, what's he that dude's name? Edward Cullen. He had oh, cheekbones. Yeah, he, he got hit really hard in the center of his head, and his eyes Guys. just shot outwards. <laughs> he was got handsome. Shark. He had yeah. strong cheekbones, strong jawline, cute little tank top. You guys are being very weak eyes. <laughs> you guys are being so mean. He looked like his name should be Igor. <laughs> wow. Wow. I really hope yeah. Joey doesn't listen to this. And honestly, he was the big part of the trailer that I'm like, uh, this might suck. Um, so I was pleasantly surprised to find that he was just intro guy. Yeah. Um, intro death. I really didn't care how he looked. I was, I'm just talking shit just to talk shit. You just like to. He's a fine. He looks fine. Okay. His eyes are a little bit offset, though, but. Uh, you know those Serbs. So uh, I don't know. He, he's probably American. I have no idea. The Can same, you say Serb? Uh, anyway, maybe the same lady Serena Leap who bought up. the box. She she's there at the party and she was like, "Oh, Roland's gonna love you," and takes him into his his like sacrifice room. And uh, yeah, he gets lament configured. He gets stabbed. Oh, I like that. By the box. How'd you feel about the uh, puzzle box reveal? I liked it because uh, you you get you get a shot of it just the square bo- and, then, and then you get, then you get the tilt and it's like oh guess what it's not it's not a cube right now are you guys all shitting your pants because it's not a cube 
<laughs> what are you gonna think, nerds? Yeah. And I did go, oh. Uh-huh. And I was, I was intrigued. Like, oh, fascinating. There are other configurations that I've read about. Though at the same time, I did feel like it was a bit like push up your glasses because you're gonna go, ooh, it's dead. Like I it was a little bit like too intentional for me. I liked it. I don't know. I think it was a I liked it. I liked it more in the second viewing because I know like what it means now, I guess. But the, so the first time I was just like, I guess the first time I was like, what, what, what they do to the box? I was just like confused. But second time it was more exciting. So what do you guys think about the little knives in the box now? So yeah. Oh, I think that part's like one of the bad parts mm. for sure. Uh, to explain, because it's not about the person that opens it; it's more about like stabbing and like you could just like stab randos with it now to get them in into get them sacrificed to yeah. the Sinos, which uh, doesn't feel as fun as like uh, a morbid curiosity causing it. But also, yeah. it's not like everybody that opens the box. In the previous, in the like original movies, were necessarily wanting anything to do with the Cenobites either. They wouldn't know what it is. They don't know that they're like opening a portal True. to this in between realm. So it wasn't. I don't know. So it, like, but they're they still were, doing it. You they know? were doing it, but they're. But mm. I mean, these people are also just curious well, and playing with the box in the same way that other people have done it. It's just now it it pricks you. In my in my thoughts, like. Let's just take one and two as canon here, because then it goes really off the rails. Yeah. But like, sure. In one, a little loosey goosey. But then in two, it was where where Doctor Shenard has the the girl open it up, and it's like it's not that she opened it; it's intention. So it fucks over him instead of her, right? I don't so, but I then, do remember she opens the box and she still goes into like the weird. I, okay, yeah. maybe maybe intent is. I don't know. It's just like when Chrissy they tried didn't to want like, to go, and she in the same way gave up someone in her place in the first movie. Mm-hmm. That's true. The giving this, up somebody this in almost place comes felt just like off. a new way of doing it that made the rules a little more clear and less weird and vague. I was fine with it, but it definitely takes it more towards slasher territory and less unique. I the thing that got me is that it seemed like it wanted to like clear things up. Like before things weren't clear and now we're trying to clear things up and I think it asked it caused more questions than mm. answers. I'm dumb, so I really like when movies like here's the rules, take notes. Um real quick here, I did watch um the original Hellraiser before we watched this um just so I could make sure to have some you know, be able to compare what they're doing. Uh, and I just wanted to, to remind you guys, I've been saying it around the house, there was such a funny part in Hellraiser 1 when um, Kirsty uh, gets opens the box and Pinhead's like, I'm going to get you. And then she's like, wait, I've got a deal. I'm going to get you Frank. And he's like, whoa. whoa, whoa. And it goes, maybe <laughs> maybe <laughs> and then we were trying to think of alternative lines that would be less silly and there just isn't one if Aaron could show perhaps. us <laughs> perhaps perhaps is probably the be, best he has like, to know what he's talking about yeah, uncertain he, is a really weird Pin, look for him Penny needs to be sure of his answers and decisions it was really funny um, maybe but yeah I don't know I, I like the box. I like that it was like a way to change it up, but still felt like it was in the world of 
Hellraiser. I don't know. Or like it was like I a maybe. I get your critique though, Cody. A different. It, it, isn't there, wasn't there like something about like there are different boxes? There's different and things that lore? create the portal. One is mm. this box, but there's other things that aren't necessarily boxes. I still haven't finished the book. Oh, okay. Is this uh, Yu-Gi-Oh? Is, is there like the, <laughs> the, the eye? There's the eye. There's the all the different, the Millennium Puzzle. There's the Millennium Eye. What other Millennium items are there? Why haven't we been calling the Lament configuration the Millennium Puzzle? That's super funny. I, and we really like... fucked this up. <laughs> uh, uh, that's good. So... Just 11 movies too late. <laughs> if I solve, if I solve it, do I get a prize? I, I do. do. And then he's like, "Okay, let me do it." And then he fucking gets. Like, <laughs> but Why also, but yeah. also, no, Cody, no red flags. Hold on. Yes, it is a very creepy moment. But also, if we have in mind that maybe he's a sex worker that's used to like creepy older dudes that like just say weird shit, maybe like, "All right, whatever, dude." I don't know. I'm just saying, he's maybe encountered some weird men in that age group. I didn't before. like any of. I didn't like that. I thought it was weird and a really clunky line that's like, do I get a prize? I thought he was trying to be flirty. I didn't read any of this as a sex worker until it's apparently been presented to me in this podcast. Yeah. I, I did I that all I, I just thought he was a, I just thought he was a guy at the party. There might have been a scene that made them more obvious that was cut, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. 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 <laughs> uh, <laughs> if it was cut, good though, because one critique I have: this movie's two hours long. Um, it's too long. It's a little too long. My second viewing, I felt like it was still okay. I don't know. And yeah. I'm usually the oh, one that's really I mad. Mean, I think maybe I liked it the most. I keep thinking maybe. So, and I can't stop. so <laughs> after, so yeah, Joey, the sex worker in the tank top, gets chained. And then cuts to sex, sex scene with our main character, oh, Riley, yeah. and her not boyfriend, her her AA fuck buddy, Trevor. 12-step program. Hey, guys, I don't know. Was it AA? No, we said 12-step. They never step. clarify that either. I think, I think like, it was anti-narcotics. Well, I could see That's that what also I being a legal thing or something. Like, you can't say AA or NA, but like you can say 12-step or something. Mm. I don't know. I yeah, I was confused on like what she was supposed to be refraining from because then she comes home drunk and then like pills. Uh, her brother's like, hey, she doesn't do the pills yet. She does the pills at the on the playground. No, afterwards. but it's like she. I, I thought it was pretty obvious that she has a pill problem, and like I she probably should be abstaining from all things, but she isn't, and she's just being a little shithead about it. I don't know. We'll never know. It's not because she's like at least I'm not on pills. So shut up. Yeah, I mean, so we were confused about that, too. Like, it's, it was a little odd. Um, it makes sense, though, when you know what Trevor actually is. Anyway. I had a hard time looking at her face. Um, <laughs> she, was, she was really just slobbery and tangly, I have puffy. Aaron said that she is a runny-nosed, chapped-lip kid on the playground. Her lip was sorry, too red but... sometimes. Her top lip was like looked blistered from the I wind. Her I didn't notice this was at all. Good. I just, I don't know. I think I'm just being an asshole. But I said that the guy looked like he got hit in the head and his <laughs> eyes moved. <laughs> but did you? Uh, 
so Aaron knows this because he found out when I did, but Cody, did you know that's uh, Pamela Adlon's daughter? I don't know who Pamela do you know, Oblong do you know is. Who, do you know who Bob... Is she from the Oblongs? Do you know who friggin' Bob... One of those you creatures? Know who Bobby Oblong Hill is? Anderson. Bobby friggin' Hill? Oh, Pam Anderson God. voices Bobby Hill? No, Adlon. <laughs> Uh, that no, her boobs, and she do. has a great show called Better <laughs> Things, and there's like uh, it's like about her life, and so there's there's a character in the show that's based off of this actress. Dad, 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 dad. Yeah, I, I wish she also sounded like. What are you like doing Bobby. with that box, dad? Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> that would be Ball. such a good crossover. Is <laughs> that ball? Is is Hank Pinhead in this? Oh, daggone box got you in the fucking hang. Oh, no, Boomhauer's oh, da- definitely <laughs> pinhead. Because he's the dang, pervert. Dangle, dangles size to show you. Oh, and uh, he... And dangle crazy, man. It was just like, we got chains and we got, we got chains and all those skin I'm telling you, the box <laughs> is going to get you. You, you, you yeah, guys. He like be- It's a conspiracy and he's right and no one believes him. <laughs> That's funny. Let's uh, we'll send some emails. Uh, I think it's a great project. Uh, I wish I had the time to make that fan art. That'd be fun. Um, oh, it would be. So, Riley and Trevor—they're having sex. Then we meet the rest of the our cast of characters. Riley's brother Matt. His boyfriend's name is Colin. They have a roommate named Nora. Uh, Matt is a little over concerned about Riley, trying to maybe control her too much. And her addictions. And Colin's like, just chill. It's not your problem. And that's kind of the vibe. And Nora is just um, way too supportive all the time. Just here for the leftovers. Yeah. So uh, Trevor, he's like, you find out he works for some company that like transports art. Maybe like transports and installs art. And I guess uh, it's like a job that I've heard of, at least for the installation, like into rich people's homes of artwork. That's a nice apartment for doing that. Well, yeah, I think the second viewing does just make the whole thing make more sense because then you know what Trevor's actually up to. And he's it, just full of shit the whole time. Yeah, um, but he's like he's got a pinball machine that's gonna run him like five thousand dollars, and especially if he has an upkeep really, on that. Are they really that much for like a oh they're expensive as shit? Wow. I would say bare many. Like if you want dog shit old, it's like a thousand. Wow. But you're looking uh, at yeah, probably probably two three thousand for, for like, eight ball deluxe. Is that what he's playing? Yes. Did you look it up? Pull it up. Pull it up. Pull it up right now because. All right, I'm gonna go buy one. Let's see. <laughs> eight ball deluxe pinball for sale. Forty dollars. Not bad. No, just kidding. It's a there's a mini one on Etsy. It's an ornament. Oh, that's fun. Uh, there's the shitty Coles one that's just an, a, a screen. That's nine hundred dollars. Uh, eBay. We're looking at three thousand on eBay. There's a twenty thousand dollar one on eBay. Jeez. Uh, there's like just a circuit board that's eighty five dollars. There's just the backing screen is one hundred and eighty. Shit is expensive. Yeah, he couldn't do that. That's as wild. Mover, is, is all I'm saying. Uh, but he's like, hey, babe. Uh, oh wait, but no, you don't want to get involved in this. But okay. 
I know about this warehouse where there's some stuff that's been abandoned. We should break into it. And they somehow crack open a very old, sturdy-looking safe. And inside of it is the box. Uh, uh, second watching, I thought that was clever that he like lets her think that she... Like, oh, I can't open it. Mm. It's useless. Like, not playing, like, really, I desperately want you to do this. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's it's no use. Stop trying to do it. Please open it. Please open it. So, yeah, the it. thing, too, that I guess we're hinting at we haven't fully said is Trevor is a traitor. Maybe that would be better just to say now. Uh, he's, Trevor's a bastard man. He's a bastard man. He's been working for mm. the big bad guy, Roland Voigt. The entire time, because Roland needs the box to be opened once more for his purposes. Yeah, because it's like a genie lamp now, and if you get it opened a certain amount of times, you get a wish. It's an advanced genie lamp with six, six phases. Six sacrifices. Six kills, one wish, and your wish can be one of six flavors. Mm-hmm. I have All those flavors an L, if anybody if anybody yes. wants them. I have them written down. Yeah, I do. So Give me the flavors. There is the vanilla, l- chocolate, <laughs> <laughs> Neapolitan, mint. Um, Neapolitan is three in one. That doesn't count as a flavor. Mm-hmm. That's sensation. Okay. Um, we have lament, which means life. Lore, which means knowledge. Laudant, which means love. Luminal, sensation, Lazarus, resurrection, and Leviathan, power. <laughs> but yeah, I like that the lament configuration. It like they're all the configurations of the box, and they represent the the prize that you get from the Cenobites god. And the the Leviathan configuration is like the shape that you see in two when they're talking about the Leviathan. It's the long, pointy, like diamond yeah. shape is the Leviathan configuration. Mm. So I thought that was fun. Like I don't know, it's like pulling some stuff from the previous movies without I don't know. Uh, I I liked that Leviathan thing. I wonder if um if they do. Hopefully, this was well received enough to get a sequel. Mm-hmm. That I wonder if to, this was. I thought. Yeah, if this is more a first one, and then there'd be a second one where there's Leviathan and Sino World. Because you Ceno look World. up into the clouds, and it almost looked like there was a little monster thing, sort of. But I don't know. That might have just been me. The, uh, Do you guys you see the, tentacles the in come, the sky? Oh, the god that comes like down? in the beginning, or like. Oh, I might have missed that. Or I don't know. Whenever they first talk about it, and they kind of like. Oh, oh! It's when the blood drips up to the top. Yeah. Oh, I anyway. love the upward blood drips. Anyway, um, so cool. Riley, she, she's, you know, she's being a little stinker, hanging out with her boyfriend that she met in a twelve-step program, and her, her brother's like, "That's not healthy," and she's like, "Fuck you! I'm gonna go have sex with my boyfriend again." And they like steal the box, and then she, uh, gets in a fight with her brother and. Uh, he kind of kicks her out. Her the Colin, the roommate slash boyfriend of her brother, is like, just go back in the house, like just. And she's like, no, I'm going, I'm running away. And she goes and relapses, does some pills, and goes in a park and plays with the box. But the box, the nasty girl, drops her pills on the ground and then picks them back up. Ew. <laughs> and then the a blade pops out of the box, 
And her brother, when he's coming to save her, because he sees that she it looks like she's like overdosed or something, he accidentally uh, stabs himself. So, uh-oh, he's becoming a sacrifice. Uh, if not think, you, okay. bring us another. Another plot confusion point for me. What's up? She sees she sees them all the time, the whole time. Ever from, from playground on, she sees them hanging out. And they're like, hey, you're our buddy. For some reason, but uh, is it like, is there an unwritten rule? First person to open to fuck with the box gets like, they get to like communicate with the Cenobites for the rest uh, of the goddamn movie. Interesting. Is I that how it works? Because guess... like, they tried to play it off as like, oh, you were hallucinating. But then she's like not taking drugs the rest of the film and she can see him and like. And hasn't yeah. been been punctured been by stabbed or anything. She's, she's just, just a normal person at this point. And then I... she's like, let me, com-. I thought that was funky. Okay, so I think because uh, when eventually when they're trying to, well, you know, uh, Riley's trying to figure out, turns out Trevor knows what's going on the whole time, but she goes with Trevor to meet with Serena, who's in like some like in like long term in hospital care thing. She's like in a nursing home type place. Mm -hmm. And Serena says that uh, her old boss, Voight, could also see them all the time. And so I was thinking that maybe with that is that like if they were like maybe with Voight um, trying to encourage this person, whoever touched it first or something, to just get more sacrifices. So like, we won't take you, like mm. get another one, get another one. I thought like that was the idea. Instead of just taking them, then it might end. Who will grab the I box I didn't catch next? that line of dialogue. So I thought that idea was just like to encourage one person to go out and get more sacrifices. Yeah. If you have yeah, like one person enough. that's motivated enough to keep going. Cause they're also like tempting her with her brother. Like, don't you want to bring him back after they get him? Like they're the ones that are encouraging yeah. her to resurrect him. So yeah, actually, you know, that's fair. I, I, I will give the movie that one. That's that makes right. sense. One for Hellraiser uh, 2022. So that dream that she has of her brother is one of the first real gross things that we see. Um, oh, the hallucination in, in the mansion? Yeah, it's real... Uh, I just the Brother Bring the Me Back it. was good. That that was a good callback, I think. Because mm-hmm. it reminded... I thought it was going to be like a Frank sen- scenario where she had to like bring bodies. And I was like, oh, is this changing mm-hmm. tone like a lot right now? It Lots did. of little micro nods to the to the first one. But she yeah, um, yeah. like I felt like being in that whole psych ward nursing home thing felt like the first one where Kirsty is in it and the Cenobites come uh and like all the screens are going and blood's dripping and shit. Yeah, uh um, Riley she I think we haven't said what happened. She sees her brother and she goes to, he's like do you want to bring me back and she's like yeah and she goes to hug him and then she sees in a mirror that now all of his skin's gone. And yeah, that feels like that. Uh, also, that creepy lady. Was she in the first one or the second one? The skinless woman. The sexy skinless. Second one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's two. What's her name? The the stepmom. Kathy? Julia. Julia. Yeah. Yes. There's a little hint at a Julia moment that I liked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I thought the dialogue bring me back was a little bit more on the nose. Mm-hmm. Like bring me back, like uh, I well, and also I thought when I initially watched, it, I was like, "That's ooh!" I was truly thinking like, "Dish feed it's feed bodies." Frank. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was feeding time. I mean, kind of. It just like was a Cenobite hallucination. Ask get trying to get more sacrifices. 
Um, so then what happens? Yeah. When she... the Cenobites do come at the, at the hospital, that was very big Hellraiser. We get uh, yeah. the bell chimes. We get the blue light through blinds, like the two big, mm-hmm. I think the, the, the bell chime was when I was first like, Ooh, they're doing Hellraiser. It, it the, the walls push out. It's just every, anything involving that transformation to the other realm, I loved. I thought it was awesome. Mm-hmm. I fully agree. I thought that was one of the, the highlights, including like the bathroom when uh, they take they take her brother. Like I mm-hmm. thought that was cool how the bathroom does like the collapsy, collapsy walls into an abyss. Mm-hmm. Sick. And Looks good. I, I, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit because mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's in the same thing. Sloan, Sloan's going real in order here and I was going to talk about the same thing. I was going to talk about Nora in the van. The, yeah, the, in the van, I have never seen something like that. Like when you're in a vehicle in a scary movie, that's like a safe place more or less, but she still gets pulled like the back of the van gets pulled into this nightmare zone and she gets farther and farther away from everyone. It looked, it looked really cool. It was creepy. I was like, Fully agree. I've never seen anything like that. I really liked how that, too, because the other people are so close physically to her imagining what it looks like when a person is starting to hallucinate. Like, it's like they're hallucinating it, but it is very real at the same time. I just thought that was a fun way of, like, collapsing the physical and metaphysical space. I don't know. Like, I wonder, like, what does Nora look like right now while this van Mm. is, like, turning into a long room? But then, you know, they don't see it. They just see her when she splatters blood away. Yeah, I do think that would have been neat to get, like, at least one... Like, I truly almost no notes, but, like, if anything, like, it would have been nice to see, like, at least one look over at her Mm -hmm. from, like, a normal perspective and have them be like, oh, yeah, everything's fine. And then just, like, go back to, like, Mm. just the giant hallway and just to, like, like really hammer home that she's, like, in a different... They do. They show it. You can't really see what she sees. It's, like, Riley is up at the front and she sees that Nora's about... Something is about to happen to her in the rear view mirror. Oh, it is the hallway that's in the. So, okay, yeah, it's so like it's still like it. long. Okay, yeah, that was really cool. Also, I think they're being bad friends, not checking up on her for so long though. They they, they know the rules a little at this point. She's been bleeding. She's they were in freaking danger. out. They couldn't figure out. It seemed like the the Cenobites were like doing two, like but... hallucinations or something onto the road, so they couldn't find their way out or something. Because oh, they were yeah. opening yeah, yeah. portals to like hell in the road and stuff, or not hell. They're not in hell. They're in like a different in between realm or something, right? The, Isn't that the lore I don't even know what of it's Cenobites? Um, but also, if we're talking about the Nora part, uh, when she gets like so for some of them, like they just kind of dis- a lot of them just disappear and you don't see what happens to them. But with Nora, it's like a longer scene where she's chained and like her body's being contorted all these different ways, and then. Uh, there our new pinhead, our priest, takes the the. I love the pins in this movie. Like it's still very much like the original with the pins, but they do them in a different way. Like they're kind of like more decorative because they have like a sort of pearl at the end of them. 
And, like, all of the mm-hmm. Cenobites have some sort of pin. Like, it's a part of all of them. But anyway, she, like, takes it out of her head, and it's super long and bloody. And then she, like, slowly puts it through Nora's neck. And then you see, you get, like, a camera shot of, like, the inside of her esophagus. Dude. And that cam. was, the neck cam Another was really cool. Another thing I've never seen before. Yeah. And she's just like, it, we have so many ways that you can't even think of that we're going to torture yeah. you. You don't know the limits yeah. of your body. It was... It was fun. It was fun. Do we want to talk about the designs of these Cenobites now? Uh, sure. I have the names of them written down, if that would be helpful. It sure would. So we have Priest. You know, that's a new pin. Played by yeah. Jamie uh, Clayton. Hell Priest, but, you know, for all intents and purposes, it's it's new pinhead. New pinhead. And uh, yeah. we knew we knew Brad Pinley did give his seal of approval. He he really liked her work on it. Um, the new design. So overall, instead of leather, they're using flesh now. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that, which is cool. I I read that like leather S and M stuff was shocking in the eighties, but when they all agreed, like I think Clive agreed too, like it's not going to land today. So just using their flesh pulling chunks of it to make the clothes looked fucking cool we also have um um, the gasp who i would refer i'm pretty sure that one is one that i refer to in my notes as big pussy sino she has big pussy (laughs) she has (laughs) yeah she's got a massive landing strip of scar um she looks really cool though it's like her the top of her her skin from the top of her scalp is like pulled down to the sides and then it's like attached, I think like to her shoulders or something. Like she looks pretty and also like the way that they had like different colors. Like she was like kind of pink. She had like a pinkish, like kind of girly uh-huh. hue to her. And more little callbacks. So her head, the was scalp the one is like pulled in two or three or whatever. And four. Angelique, four. the, the yeah, demon yeah, okay, lady. Yeah. And then her throat is more like um female Cenobite, or I in, think they also called it Big Deep Throat from 1 and 2. Yeah. The, the the throat pussy. Um, and that even moves when she talks, which is really cool. I didn't notice that the first time around. Um, then we have, Big Badge is pretty cool. We have the Weeper. That was the one that was like Almost Bro. like blue, like that. She was scared. She's like fish like. Weeper was freaky. She is she the one that looked like a seal. So, yes. Yes. As yeah, and like she had it so, was just like bluish skin, and like it was called the Weeper because her pins were like in her eyes. One part where like a pin is pulled out of her eye, but so it's supposed to look like tears, and like. Her fucking, when she goes full scary, like she starts spreading her fingers and her arms split oh, into yeah. like four arms. Ugh, she is terrifying. Yeah, her hand splits in half all the way down the arm. I wish that we saw more action of the pins and her eyes moving, like with her eyes, because I didn't really, it didn't have a lot of weight to get, me that I she had a pin in her eyes. To be honest. But just like, um, just the dark complexion, fully black eyes, and like the jaw, kind of no skin on the jaw, just looked a lot more like animalistic and freaky than some of the other ones. Especially because like, like she looks like a bug creature once her arms split yeah, too. Kind of yeah, for sure. Um, then we have the asphyx. That's the one that has a layer of skin pulled tightly over their face. And they're like tied Whoa. up, but then they like will unleash liberal the, face diaper. 
<laughs> oh my god oh yeah Aaron said <laughs> do you think this is a, a metaphor for face masks I'm hilarious you're dumb um, man the asphyx there's this one part where the asphyx is uh, chasing our main character and she gets like trapped in this gate and then like to try to wiggle out she like rips the skin off of damn. her face and it was damn ugh. I loved that part that was so nasty that was uh, yeah, pretty yucky. I loved it. We also have a uh, new chatterer. Yeah. Then new chatter. He he hit different patterns to his chattering this time around. It was good. It was I think more in burst fire mode. Um, chatterer chatterer was pretty standard. I'm glad that he was in it. Uh, I have two more. The mother, which you only see for like a split second, and this is one of the. Um, Cenobites and the credits that had like it seemed like a Serbian name because it ended in like Ulvik. Um, they just had like this weird, just like this big belly. That's kind of all I remember. Uh, and a veil, almost oh, okay. like Mother Mary look. I'm I'm hoping we see more of that one in a potential sequel because yeah, it's literally like one second tops. Yeah, and then the Can last you imagine one. Do, get, doing like four plus hours of makeup. To be in a fucking movie for a second. Mm-hmm. Ugh. And the last one is The Mask, which was one that I think was in the trailer and got me excited, or like maybe I saw like a leaked image or something. It that was, was a leaked one image. That was. It's just like instead of a head, they just have this flat face that's like pulled taut, and there's no rest of the head. It's just the fucking front. Ew. It is. Yucky. Like not having the mass of a head is so unsettling. And that person also, I think, was a Serbian uh actor and a little again a little micro reference it's the face is pulled kind of like jesus wept Mm, oh yeah i didn't even i didn't even Mm. make that connection but you're totally right that is totally an original thought that i did not read somewhere (laughs) so (laughs) in so like uh anyway riley to get back to the plot of the movie real quick oh oh well, a half Ceno. Do we want to talk about uh, Voight, Roland Voight? His, well, I was going to get to his that. Look. Well, I, was, right? I was about to get there. Okay. You, so, you take the train where it needs to go. Riley is trying to get to the bottom of this. You know, little does she know that Trevor knows everything, but she's trying to solve the puzzle. She's trying to figure out how to use this box to do, like, the resurrection thing because she breaks in to Voight's mansion. Now the mansion we see, it's different than the first scene or the second scene of the movie. It has like this intricate, like iron bars making this like geometrical pattern all around the house. And it's almost like the whole house is the lament configuration. Yeah. And uh, stylized. She gets in there and she's like finding all of his notes and she's like, oh, resurrection. Okay, I need to figure this out. And then her friends, they figure out that she's there with the help of Trevor and they're like, we got to get you out of here. And uh, that's when Nora, we find out there's like all these buttons in the house that will move. Not only like there's like gates inside making like cages inside of the house and they move all the metal stuff on the outside. But they also do weird things like open secret doors to like hidden hallways and like turn on the Scooby piano. Doo. Very Scooby-Doo. And, um, and that's though when we first see what Voight looks like now which is a fucking monster. And he, oh, I hate his walk. Oh, he, his cool. like lumbering fast walk. Ugh, didn't like that. Yeah. 
So it turns it out, just like I a, thought he looked fucking awesome. I was a big fan of that. That was like one of the me. things that I thought was the best. It scared me good. Best parts of the part of the movie was like him having the nerve puller. Yeah, a, like, like I wouldn't like, have just smashed through that? his body. So it's, yeah, it was wild. It's like void, almost like a sewing machine of his nerves. Just every every so often to make sure he's always in pain. Yeah, Magnifique. so very, very like pseudo Cenobite, which is something that I, another thing that I was confused about, but we can hit that at the I think end. It makes sense. Pseudo so it's, uh, in the beginning. Voight. Voight. Oh, yeah. You. Is a guy that had the box. He wanted to get the, the gift from the Cenobites of sensation, and he sacrificed all these people. Riley's figuring that out. And so the gift the big come. is, yeah, this big metal thing. That it, because like they're Cenobites and they're gross and they're like what was uh like at the limits of sensation or uh what is it? Ah shit, I'm messing this up. Boo! Oh, explorers in the further regions of experience, sensations rim. Mm. Getting to the the rim of sensation. Um, so that's what he asked for, and yeah, it's this big metal contraption that sensations const- rim. I don't remember that. That's good. And uh, so it's constantly pulling on his nerves, so he's in constant pain. And the Cenobites are like, what, you don't like that? Don't you fucking love that shit? It feels awesome. And also, like... Not jerking off to this dude? Yeah, like, don't you love this? And he's like, just kill me. Uh, so his whole plan, turns out, was to get Trevor to get the box rolling again and to open it, get it to the Lament, or not the Lament, the Leviathan configuration with once more to have the audience of their god to ask for the contraption be removed from his body and they're like nah bro like once you've experienced this much you can't go back to normal but you can like ask for a different wish because you did like put in all this work and we appreciate that by the way how did we how did we get two wishes at the end here because there was only a total of like the six kills right like he gets a wish and girl gets a wish Magic of oh, I didn't even think about plot. that. I think it was just magic of loose plot. I think they're just like, hey, we've been hanging out. You want you hey. want to get in on the? I feel, I don't You've know. been here for a while. You want to get something? You you helped. Yeah, that's a good yeah, point. I don't know. The Cenobites don't seem like a helpful bunch, though. You know, but they, I but like <laughs> right. they do want to torture. So yeah, but then they could just torture whoever. Yeah, yeah. Like they the box called to them. Why don't they just plop it at a Kmart? Like, some little kid will pick that shit up and then get everyone involved. Like, it's not that hard. I think it takes Don't too put long. it in a fucking safe. Well, he put it in you a know, safe. Why, why did the guy, put, no, did the put, guy put, it in, put it at a Kmart? He put it in, they, I in think, a or garage sale. I think Serena put it in a safe because she didn't want it to be touched again. Because she, she realized what she was doing was really fucked uh, up. And she, like, tried to get it put away and hidden. Did she though? Because he got fucked up. Still, he still did the whole fucking thing, and then I he got his after like she... he still had a control of like somebody getting into the box. No, I'm saying he I had think... full control over where I... it was at. I'm thinking maybe after at the end because she said like she was in control of his estate too. Like thinks that he's dead because he's hiding in the walls now with his chest contraption that pulls on his nerves. So she's like, well, I don't know what the fuck to do with this. I don't want to sell it to anybody. I'm going to lock it up as best as I can inside of a box, inside of a safe, inside of a 
uh, shipping so, container. And how do you spy on her to, to find the location? That's my guess. Then he wouldn't have access. I don't know. That we're we're, doesn't, we're that thinking doesn't a little up. too hard about that, in in my opinion. Yeah. But it, it doesn't. So the, oh, there's bigger plot holes so, in, in movies. Boy, uh, one thing I guess we're talking about plot holes though. The like I didn't really notice that many. That the two issues is something. But uh, the one that I noticed that bothered me is they just kind of so you know as we mentioned there's like this metal cage around the mansion, and Voight's kind of like yeah I don't know the Cenobites just don't like it like what what why don't they like it why does it stop them they are like yeah other we don't get any beings. like pseudo science about it why do these cages work just give me they a line in- saying it's made out of. Hellraiser Tanium. But also, they killed somebody in a van and like randomly and they can't get through a fence. Yeah. Is it just like that it's in the shape? Like, I, I, I want more than just it's anti pinhead Tanium or whatever. But like, maybe, and maybe again, there was more explanation of that, but it got cut because they're like, this is just too much information and nobody will give a shit. Um, but that was like the one for me. What did you guys think of, um, when the blade is out and I think girl stabs Chatterer with it. Oh, and Chatterer yeah. blows up. Xenobites, was, I guess, was, can be sacrifices. I was like, oh, shit, I don't know the rules here. And uh, was kind of pleasantly surprised to find like that he just is like, well, guess I'm dead. And then he gets the, the chains and gets totally Jesus-wept. Um, I don't know, different, but... But cool. I liked it. I thought it was a little weird that the Cenobites could be sacrificed, but I also liked that a Cenobite be like, oh, yeah, of course. Take me. Like they, I know the rules. Yeah, they know the rules and they're fine with it. <laughs> um, I wish you would have said that right before. <laughs> that Instead of Jesus wept, I know the rules. And <laughs> I know the rules. <laughs> uh, uh, so we get a degloving. That was pretty gross. I love a degloving. I almost did my research on degloving. I thought or you were going to. gloves or something. <laughs> so yeah, you know, Riley finds out Trevor's a traitor and she makes him the final sacrifice uh, to the box. Yeah. And instead of chains for this one, it's like a piano wire that's pulling yeah. him apart. And it is so gross. Something that I... I don't know if I really picked up on before reading it. So like Pinhead has the chains. The the piano wire came from from Big Pussy. Oh, like Big like Pussy's thing weapons. was the, the piano wires. Oh, I didn't even make that. Um, like I noticed if, that it was her that was doing it. If I'm it. remembering right, no, but you yeah, are yeah. definitely right. I didn't think of that though. That they just have like I think it's part of her costume too. Sacrifice weapons. That's cool. Yeah. And. uh, uh uh, so they're like, Voight gets the final sacrifice, and like, well, you can't give it back. Our gifts are very nice. How dare you? Very rude, sir. Roland, rude. Uh, and then it's really gross when, so like, they're like, but you can do a trade. And they're like, you want power, right? Like the big one, which turns out is, I think, turning you into a Cenobite. And it's really nasty when the 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 contraption just kind of falls and like pours out of his body. Yeah. Like you don't. Then he heals. Cool. Oh, like all the blood and gears falling out of him. The sound of a little, the metal and the juice, and then followed up by like a nod to Frank getting resurrected. That like reverse film goop 
changing. It was really nasty. It was like the the layer of fat fusing yes. back together. Yeah. Ooh, that was nasty. Loved it. And then they they heal him just to be blasted through the same part of his body, just to be blasted back to the chest Loved with it. a huge chain to be taken up to the god to be turned into a cenobite. Yeah, and like he's a cenobite now, right? Like the, yeah. at least in the sense that Doctor sure. Shenard was when he was like the scorpion monster. He's Doc Ock. Yeah, they. They pull pull off like sheets of his face around his lips. Yeah, his no nips. lips anymore. I don't know. A lot of skins coming off, it's and he's on this like he's visceral. this fucked looking white crusty thing, bald on a cross. It feels like it was very much trying to like do a Christianity thing there. It's playing like heavenly music. Did you guys uh, like? And it just, feel like a tingle on your skin during that part where he's his like i like the closest i can feel to it is like a bad paper cut maybe or like when i accidentally cut a chunk of my finger off <laughs> and i was just thinking about like those closest things i could ever get to like that insane skin like especially there's this part where like the skin pulls up through his inner thighs and around his groin and then up through his stomach and it's just like I don't know. Like I had to like hold on to myself. It was so nasty. It was. It was a pretty gross movie. It was. I think that I loved was how gross very it was. faithful to the gross out factor of the first one. And it did. Um, I I can't remember what's the one that the Clive Barker book that I read. It was the newer one that people didn't like. Uh, Scarlet Gospel. Maybe yeah. And um, there's some pretty vivid descriptions of uh the priest and that going through transformations, and it felt felt very just like. Clive Barker talks about like especially mm. the skin rips. There's a lot of skin tearing and burning off in that. Kinky. Yeah. Oh yes, very maybe. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I mean overall, I back to the Cenos a little. I thought these were the best Cenobites that we've gotten since the first batch. I mean, it's no um, DVD really head or CD, and head. and it was. It was cool seeing that most of them, their look was based off of, like, an extreme form of, like, pain-pleasure thing. Like, the asphyxiations, like, the bag over the head, the, you know, body mutilation with the hands and, and stuff. Versus, like, oh, this is Pizza Cutter Man. He is a pizza cutter for a head. That was only three, <laughs> though. Come on. Or, I like or those these are what twins. They, were. they have with swirly heads. This is like a dog thing. It doesn't have a body, I guess. They did feel... These were more, like, torture-based. Especially because, like, we see at this one part, um, like, the sketches of the Cenobites. And I don't know, it just reminded me when I've watched, like, behind-the-scenes stuff of Clive Barker's drawings and... These Cenobites felt like truer to like his original sketches for Cenos. I don't know. I really and, liked them. And don't get me wrong, I love three. Um, oh yeah. I I love those. They're not the. If you're a nerd, those aren't actually Cenobites because they didn't get the whole Leviathan treatment. But they are in my in my head. But they're like the AOL ones. <laughs> they're the dial-up ones. I th- I think this was the grossest, spookiest, objectively best one in a while. Um, I know we had some problems with it, but like, fuck, do you remember Hellraiser Revelations with was that Chubby the porn Pinhead? one? Yeah, like it has been 
20 years since we've had, or more, since we've had anything like this, I think. Like, even five, which I, I know we liked. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that, was, was a, that was a hot one. 2005 or something like that. It's Hold been on, a long time. Up, let me pull up AOL real quick. <laughs> so, I have our original rankings oh i was i was thinking how do we throw this in do you guys have 2000 2000 i'm gonna have a hard time remembering these we might need to like oh i have them all like in green I, I, could, could you guys, like, I know more than the friday the 13th Aaron, could you movies? like maybe share your screen if we're gonna discuss where this goes in the rankings no oh okay all right so it's definitely better than whatever Hellseeker was. Hellseeker had uh, the guy that gangrene guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then Deader. I don't remember. Deader, uh, number seven. That's the one yeah. in Eastern Europe. There's the nightclub. Oh, okay. Vampire. Why am I remembering this fondly? The train. Yeah, oh right? yeah, and the train's the, the train is the coolest part about it. Better than both of them. Hell, Hell World, World the MMO where you never see the MMO. Yeah, no, better uh, than that. Bummer. Better than that for me. Um Revelations number 9 with I liked Revelations and I thought it was worse than Revelations. Was that the one that You thought this was worse than Revelations? 100%. Was that the one where they like a... go to Cabo? What's wrong with Where do with they go? You? They go to Mexico. No, yeah, they yeah, go to, they yeah. go, at the dude, beginning, and then they, way then better they have, than this. Like, that the, movie the is like a porno. Yeah. like the quality Fully of the work. Disagree. It was done in a few weeks to keep the to keep Fully the rate, the rights. It was bad on purpose. How? Yeah, how dare which makes you? it better? Wow. Yeah. Um, not, no. It's fucked and then up, man. I think it's worse than five for sure because that was my second favorite. Five. Um, I think the more I see that, the better that we'll get. I, um, this is ten. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, that's episode ten of the comic yeah. in our picture. There. Yeah, 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 yeah. But ten was the one that was like really that was the, por- that was the porny boob vest, the big oh, boobs okay. with, with like blood on them that. and vomit and shit. I like this. I liked more than it that. better. I thought it was better than that. Although I did like that one. Four. Four in space and in the past. Um, a mixed bag. I thought it was okay. I like this. I would I'm try to think like if you would, if you were to recommend a movie to someone that like is open to horror movies but isn't as far gone, hasn't watched Eleven Hellraisers. I would rather they watch the new one than than four. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for, for is a weird entry point to anything. Yeah, for entry point. I'm, I'm trying to, yeah, it's hard to say, but I'm trying to keep them, like, contained single entities. Think of them that way. Yeah, yeah. What's next? Oh, the picture there was good. He's holding a little two. chicky. I mean, I thought two was really boring, so I don't know this... Is this your number one Hellraiser movie? No. Number two Hellraiser movie? It might be. I thought the second one was really boring. And I remember I liked the third one more. 
So I'm going to put it somewhere between, somewhere around, I think, Hellraiser 3. Damn. Uh, somewhat same. I think if I had a gun to my head right now, I would put it in fourth place. I was going to say, I think that would probably land it somewhere if we were, if we're combining our rankings as normal, it'd probably be like four or three and it would push two down or it would push at least push four down. Yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, I think it was pretty solid. It's weird. Almost feels a little sacrilegious to bump it up so high. How is it um, sacrilegious? Obviously, it's it's not like obviously it's not as good as the first one, and I think probably the second one is still a more important movie. Whether it's better than the AOL one might be depending on what you're looking for. That was number two. That made our number two. I thought it was fucking cool, and now it's now I'm all confused. Because we gotta do we gotta do a re post mortem. We gotta zombify Christ. the post mortem. It's so tough because of how the different time periods. Cause like this is a twenty twenty two movie. It's so yeah. different feeling. And, and like they actually seem to put a budget into it as opposed to mm-hmm. see, I didn't feel that. I I thought this one I thought the special effects looked bad. I other than like the otherworldly shit, that shit was neat, but like I didn't like the way the Cenobites looked. I thought they looked kind of cheap. Wow. Every single one of them What's I didn't wrong with I did you? not wow. like them. Wow. You didn't like the new Cenobites? No, I thought they looked bad and I thought that was what you were going to say when you were like, "Oh my god, this new one." And I was like, is he thinking like the Cenobites look like trash? Because I do. I like them. You're crazy. I was like, I'm not gonna You're say crazy. It. They're the best they've looked in so long. I can't believe this. I can't. Believe I just this. thought the. I thought like the skin coming up didn't do anything for me. I thought in general this one was not that hot looking. Wow. We see movies differently, man. It's very strange. So, where you putting it more in the back half of these movies then? I wonder if I have. He like, said my it was worse than ten. Somewhere. Ten was like top half or, for me. Or no, you, Cody said it was worse than nine. Nine, nine was Fat top half Boy for me. Nine, nine, nine was higher than ten for me in the first place. Um, I think that nine is was like, like number five. The opinion of an insane person. <laughs> it was entertaining and it was short. It was short and sweet and to the point. Good point. This one was long. Good point. Loaded. It was super short. It was like the plot 70 took minutes. extra thought. Like there was a lot that was not explained in the plot. I think that, there was like, that much that wasn't explained though. Especially there on really this was. You had to draw conclusions that were I will not say necessary to that make. I am saying this from the perspective of then like watching it twice because the movie is different when you know from the beginning that Trevor is going to be a traitor. And I also like read more into um, his, just like his acting and his reactions to our main character, uh, knowing that he is in the process of doing that. But yeah, but also the, the same man that has infinite money and a giant mansion relied on a drug addict to uh I don't think to, he was uh, do this. no I don't think he was a drug addict I think it was all fake he just went no because like like because he's like he was still drinking and doing he had a bong in his apartment yeah because he's just a guy that like parties and like drinks and smokes weed and does stuff 
and he went to a twelve. And you rely on Dude, he's the person that you're it. having do think this. Think about it. He's just a guy that's in his twenties, assassin, a guy that needs money that is impressionable that will do things for you and then so you go to a 12-step program to find vulnerable people that would maybe do weird stuff like help you quote unquote they would think it's a good idea to steal a ancient puzzle box from a warehouse like i think he went to a 12-step program not because he was in one but to find a vulnerable person that he also wouldn't mind sacrifice was like well actually there's this hot girl and i'm also gonna fuck her first because he's a bad uh, two guy. Two different things. It's 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 guy seeking girl, but Voight seeking drug guy is, I think, what Cody's saying. I understand. Yeah, I part. think that. I don't think though that I'm just. Why don't you go with a sure thing? Spend more Getting money this. to get like somebody that's like gonna do a better job. You have money now that Cody's. I can't. I can't unthink that. The guy was supposed to be infinite rich. And by he goes. A better let person. me get. Let me. Let me get somebody that's in their early twenties. Here, I have a... And apparently supply them with an apartment and, I, like, do I all these things first. He, and then he still goes through with it, even though he already has know, the like, apartment. Did, like, so he already has money. So he did have a real person doing things from before, Serena, who is a lawyer, and then she didn't like doing it and abandoned it. So maybe his idea is like, well, I obviously can't have... Well, then how did she move the puzzle box then? How did she lock up the puzzle box? She went back to him after he left? He'd stopped existing? It doesn't make sense. I'm saying There's that, too like, many plot holes. would be like, maybe he'd be like, after Serena, he's like, well, obviously I can't have anybody that has like a moral compass. I need to ask someone that would be uh, in need of the money this- enough to do something this fucked up because this destroyed this woman and she will never help me again. So like maybe I can't ask actual upstanding members of society or people that have their own money. I'm going to ask somebody that is in need of money and they'd be willing to do something fucked up for me. I, I see that. Because it didn't work yeah, out the but, first time. But, but if you're saying that, that means she wasn't working for him when he... he got fucking C-Node and she still hid the puzzle box in a fucking safe? I don't know if she hid it. How does that work? That was just one of my ideas. I just think there's too many... See... You're making you're making assumptions that weren't I'm in the movie, and I that's the thing that got yeah. me is it was just like this what one, is going that on. That one I didn't even think of, but I think that using a young man in his twenties that needs money, that maybe isn't thinking through his decisions, makes sense as a person to lure into sacrificing six human beings. Um, there's uh something that was said about the first the original movie that. It's not my original thought, but I really like it. It stuck with me, and it's the opposite of this movie. Is the first one captured the feeling of a short story, where there's it's a very it's a small setting, it's a small group of characters. You don't even really find out a lot about the characters. It's all simple and contained. There might be some unknowns, but it's not. We're not getting hung up like we are with this. Mm-hmm. This one. It's got too many spinning pieces. There's a lot of characters. There's a lot of what ifs because of things that are somewhat fleshed out, but like don't fully make sense if you like write it all down. Um, and that's definitely negative for me. I mean, I didn't have these. I guess I didn't like have these questions this many to myself while I was watching the movie. But also, I don't know if like they plan on making this a with sequels so that some of these things would be explained more. If like the plan is to make three or something, I don't know. 
Hey, it's 2022. Everything has sequels, even sequels. I'm surprised this wasn't a miniseries instead. Because also, honestly, that could I feel itself. like it would be better fleshed out as a miniseries. Yeah. I feel like I would have enjoyed it more yeah. if this well, was just like a a, a a season of Hellraiser rather yeah. than a, uh, yeah. a contained movie. Yeah. Because it I, seemed like they wanted to do both of those things. They wanted to really expand upon the lore, which I I was a I, you know, like the puzzle box and like some of the configurations, how they did different things. I was a fan of, I just didn't like the execution. It was just, it felt sloppy and it just didn't do a lot for me. And the visuals just didn't do a lot for me. The, so all of them are, I, I, I see that point, except the visuals, that part. I'm so surprised to hear. I just like when, when they, even just like when they pulled, what's coming to mind is when they pulled, uh, or, uh, Roland's face apart, like it looked like, Hey, have you ever seen CG done by somebody that has done it for four weeks? And then it's just like, it looked like, <laughs> it looked like, it looked like fucking fuzzy. And I was like, oh, okay. So you can do CGI. And I was just like, eh. Huh. I wonder and if part the of second that was viewing was worse. Props. Second viewing, like, had me, like, even more skeptical. I was like, Whoa. ugh, I don't know how I feel about this anymore. That, that sucks that you felt that way. Uh... Yeah. I mean, there were definitely things that I enjoyed about it. It wasn't like all a negative experience, but um, I've, I feel like I got to lay my cards down. Yeah, no, fair. Uh, and I I always like hearing your opinion versus me and Sloan, so which are more aligned. And then it turns out. I was wondering uh, too, though. I thought like, because there was concern before that ours were too aligned, maybe because we were talking about it. So we like, been, we've tried like to not talk about these things. The embargo. It was real. We haven't talked about it at all. Just... Maybe a sentence or two. Um, you guys mentioned that TV series. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's not happening anytime soon. Oh, no. Soon. It was a David kind of Gordon Green. So. Uh, he's He's been busy with the Halloween movies. Uh, Miramax, I think, is who distributes them. Uh, they're having a lot of, like, they're cutting projects and mm. money problems. I wouldn't count on it. All right. Unfortunately, at one point I was like, "Oh shit, we're getting a TV series and a movie. This is pretty cool." I feel like that yeah, would be the it's way. It's not looking like it, though. Like you are, I, I do agree with you, Cody. Like with what the amount that they were trying to do, it was too much for one movie. So I think it makes sense if they are planning on doing multiple movies, or it should have just been done as a miniseries to expand the world. Yeah. I, I truly believe that in 2022, movies should remain an hour and a half tops. Oh, the 60 minute movie though. should exist too but no no i know like when we when we have an abundance of series uh, yeah. limited series whatever make everything that you want to make a movie into a series expand upon things that you want to expand like, upon and do those sorts of things and it doesn't even have to be 10 episodes you could do like a five episode limited series do that instead yeah. of like trying to cram it into a movie and making it like exhausting to watch um because I feel like this could use this could use a director's cut. I feel like if it was a director's cut, I'd appreciate it more. But two hours was like a little bit of a slog. Like when when like things seem to be like winding down at the mansion, it's like seventy five percent done. There's still a lot of a lot movie left. Yeah, uh, your point with uh, how miniseries are just a normal thing now. You're totally right. Fuck a long movie. And at that point, they're cutting material to make it fit to be mm. technically still a movie. Exactly. Might as yeah. well and not like, cut the material that makes it all make sense. 
like a, a limited series with like one one like bunk episode like whatever people just say oh well you just gotta get to the next episode but like a movie if you're like dude this is like a half an hour of like something and i've already been watching like an hour and a half of something like that can really like fucking drag on like I, it, it's it's about pacing and how things are paced and i feel like miniseries have like room to like mm-hmm. breathe a little bit more i guess i'm just like yeah i usually do get bogged down by things that are too long and i was just surprised that this one didn't but i think a big part of that is that i did enjoy the visuals so i got to have more fun while i was sitting through this longer movie whereas did, you didn't have that those joyous moments did the music catch either of your attention at all just when you were pointing out like oh this is very original Hellraiser. I was like, oh shit, I guess it is. But they had the themes from one and two. Mm. Yeah, I was gonna say I noticed glimpses, but I didn't clock oh. too much more than that. It's oh. a throwback to our first episode. First and episode? Then, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I do I you know what? It's probably in there. And I was used co- to be, recording I used on to a phone. Sing a little melody of each each movie we did. People love that. I, we keep getting messages, bring it back, bring it back. So so here I am. We did get a message. Uh, someone asked if we were doing this movie, so I got good news for you, listener. You're telling them, you're telling <laughs> them now? <laughs> did you make it this far? <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Um, well, um... I don't know any anything else we want any clothing close closing thoughts clothing thoughts no I clothing think thoughts. I think we've covered it all it's I I liked it I, Cody would you say you liked it overall still um it was like below like but not bad I, I'd say it's a very neutral thumb okay. very okay. middle of the road yeah. um you know it's fine. Well, here at Slasher Tracks, it got two out of three thumbs up. That's that's pretty good. Um, what do you think our sponsors are up to? Let's ask them. Slasher Tracks is also sponsored by. No Dwinks. No Dwinks. No Dwinks at all. No Dwinks at all. Could you get them um, delivered? To Wibbley Dwinks? No Wibbley Dwinks! Are you a baby but you want to get dwunk? Are you sick of milk and you want a bottle of beer? Or maybe you do still want milk, but you want to have a white wesson. To Wibbley Dwinks! Going to the stores for big, stupid grown-ups. Do you not have a car? I don't know how to drive. Are you just plain tired? Do you need a nap but want to have a dwink when you wake up? To Wibbley Dwinks! You don't have to go nowhere. I love the Wibbley Dwinks! Put some vodka in your milk. Delivery Dwinks. Delivery Dwinks. Get Dwinks delivered. Delivery Dwinks. Delivery Dwinks. Delivery Dwinks. Dwunk babies. Ooh. I love that ad. In fact, I hope we never change it. I don't think we ever will. Welcome back, slashers. It's- Guys, I clipped. Is that okay? My arm. I mean, it clipped. hurt my ear, so hopefully uh, there's some work done on that one. Uh, 
you know, um, people listening well, in their cars, it's, it's going to keep them awake. I think it's good. We're <laughs> bursting, <can> bursting <laughs> eardrums while people are trying to do their quiet work yeah. at their desk with their earbuds in. Slasher Texas takes no responsibility for any car accidents <laughs> occurring while listening to this episode. All right. That's, we're good. That's, uh, that's legal now. So, on, on to the sidetracks. Uh, Sloan. Yeah. No dead kids, though. Huh? Uh, as far as I know, no children died. They were abused. Please tell me they're really unhappy. Okay, abused. Oh, we they're unhappy and they are abused. Just you wait. <laughs> so, <Huh. laughs> it's not a big part of it. I kind of skip over it pretty fast. But uh, You're into some gross shit, man. Uh, anyway, mm. I'm not going to try to defend it. So, in this Shouldn't. film... <laughs> There, I thought a big part of the plot was the fact that our main character was in a 12-step program. They didn't say what it was, but some sort of 12-step program, right? And I was like, I wonder, first I started with, I wonder if like the founder of AA was like a bad guy. As far as I can tell, chill dude. His name's Bill. Uh, if you guys didn't know, like back when AA was new. Bill, Bill, so, Bill. Uh, it was like it was like a thing that his full name was revealed in his obituary, and like people in AA were like, "Not cool." That like it said that he was the founder of AA and gave his full name. He's just Bill. it's just Bill. He sits backwards on his chairs no. and listens to us. Well, like and it was a thing too. I guess it was like code back in the day. So uh, AA started, and I think it was in 1935. And uh, one of the like kind of code words that you could like try to figure out if someone was in AA was you would ask if they were a friend of Bill. And that means. Why did I get goosebumps from that? That's <laughs> fucking dumb. So it's weird that I think that I've heard that before. I'm friend of. Uh, maybe a, people still a, say it, but it could still be. A I thing. think there was a thing for uh, for being gay that you were a friend of uh, something. I can't remember it. That was another mm. hint, hint thing. Could have pulled that but uh, seems like he was Bill was mostly a pretty chill guy. He probably cheated on his wife for a long time, but like, eh. In comparison to who we're gonna talk about, that's we all do it. That, hmm. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> keep reading my notes. Um, compared to, the, I gotta need to. I'm gonna take a sip of my drink. That was a lot. Compared to the guy we're going to talk about, cheating on your wife for like 16 years and leaving her a tenth of your wealth is no comparison. So we're going to talk about, uh, instead of Al-Anon, or AA, Synanon. Have you guys heard of this uh, sobriety group turned cult? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's when you can't have cinnamon. Oh, okay. I got nervous. You already it's knew tragic. all about Synanon. Is it... Is it S I N? S. Like so it's spelled biblical sins. S Y N A N O N. That sounds like a multi-level marketing thing. Is this the same as QAnon? No, I don't know where the sin okay. part came from. Uh, I didn't research Synergy. enough. I guess uh, most uh, for anybody that's going to look into this farther. If you see an article written by Matt Novak, skip over it because I'm basically plagiarizing the whole thing. So, our founder of Synanon. His name is Charles, or referred to as Chuck Diedrich. He was is from Ohio. Also, Bill of AA is from Ohio. A lot of alcoholics in Ohio, I guess. Uh, I know Bill. Charles is, <laughs> Charles is from Ohio. He's an alcoholic. He had a wife. That wife left him. He said, fuck it, and moved to Southern California. Got a second wife. Uh, she was like, you need to go in AAA. And he did. And she was like, I still hate you. But he was like, 
cool, fine, I'm on a new life path. I'm going to start a cult, but I won't say that yet. So in 1956, he got super into AA. He was a big evangelist to anybody he thought like might have a problem, but he did have one big issue with AA, and that was that they didn't allow any kind of addicted person into it, like whether it was like like a different type of drug than alcohol. And there was NA, Narcotics Anonymous, but that was pretty new at the time. So remember, AA was in 1935. NA didn't come out till 1953. So it was just three, it was only three years old at the time. And um, they were just like pretty loosey-goosey, not so organized. So Chuck Diedrich took it upon himself to start his own sobriety group called, now this isn't creepy, the Tender Loving Care Club. Oh, Quickly changed oh TLC, my guy. <laughs> he, they did, he did quickly change the name to Synanon. But uh, yeah, started really creepy and uh, it, it just gets creepier. Um, apparently, according to this article and a couple other articles I saw, Chuck Diedrich is the person that coined the phrase, today is the first day of the rest of your life. I don't know if it's true. People huh. said he made it up, though. But also, he led a cult, so people will say all kinds of stuff about you. So who knows if it's true? Yeah, I bet he never poops. <laughs> um, so, like, at the beginning of this, when it was just a sobriety group, like, people really liked him because he was, like, a stern guy, and he was, like, tough love, and he, like, cut through the bullshit, you know? He, like, just, like, get to the root of the problem. Tell me the truth. That yeah, was he's not a politician. Like Donald. <laughs> that, that was his vibe. Um, he speaks his mind. He speaks his God. I maybe okay. So he's yeah. This really threw me through a loop. Um, but um, make AA great again. Here's a quote from an Alex Jones style. Frogs are gay. Frogs are gay, and so are drugs. Uh, here's a man. Qu- Alex Jones is so fucked. By the way. Oh yeah. Good. Good though. Life Go ruined. I love it. I love it. So, okay. Did you hear that, like, literally seconds after, like, he got out of his hearing, found out how much he had to pay, and then he went on his podcast and was like, I'm not paying a goddamn dime. I saw that on Trash. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. Um, so exciting. So, a quote for a, from an article that talks about his actual intentions. So he started the sobriety group. But Diedrich made it quite clear early on that treating addicts was merely a byproduct of his larger mission. He wanted to create an experimental society that would transform the world. Over the years, the organization grew. It built businesses and started schools. And its goal was no less than a utopian revolution. That's a cult. Oh, boy. That's a cult. That's a cult. So, synonym at the beginning. Utopia? Yeah. No way. One word. One word and I'm out. Synon- you say utopia. I'm out. Zootopia. What about that? Uh, that you in? Uh, only zoophilia. <laughs> God damn it. Okay. <laughs> so, sitting on at the beginning. You ever see uh, sexy drawings of the Zootopia characters? Why are we doing this? Uh, right have you ever just like looked at a sloth? Really? Yeah, they're like. <laughs> what does that wait, mean? Wait, baby sloths are really cute. Are you trying to sexualize sloths? I'm just saying, have you ever just like seen a picture of one like in the wild? Hey man, just I'm only like, human. Spreading. You're trying to get at them claws. Okay. Take it nice and slow. All right. <laughs> Maybe 
I, we got it, guys. I got I got some stuff to get through. Back on track. No okay, more okay, zoophilia. Okay. Synanon at the beginning. Uh, can't guarantee it. Started as a small drug rehab facility in Santa Monica, California. Uh, unconventional tactics, uh, you know, with the tough love. And it purported great success. And because of the great success that they're reporting and their, like, unconventional methods, along with uh, there was a lot of, like, jazz musicians that were in it. So they had, like, cool sober parties. They were, like, jazz people trying to get sober. And I thought huh. all jazz heads were alcoholics they, that beat their wives. They, yeah, and jazz cigarettes. I think jazz is just hey, for this getting is just, fucked up. It got the attention of celebrities. Is what I'm trying to get to. Okay, so okay. there is. It's just weird because it was this like small, like it seems like a blip because not everybody knows about it. But it had like big celebrities coming through. They had like guest speakers like Rod Sterling uh, of the Twilight Zone. Uh, Ray Bradbury, the sci-fi author, gave a talk there. Steve Allen, who was the host of The Tonight Show in the 60s. So also, this is 60s. Tim Allen? No, no, 60s. Tim Allen was, a, I think, a baby. Um, or at least small tot. Other visitors. Leonard Nimoy. Jane Fonda. Charles Heston. Milton Berle. You know, lots of people. Bradley. Banger after Timothy banger. Timothy Leary came by because he was just curious. Remember Timothy Leary? I think I talked about him before. The psychologist and psychedelic drug activist. He was like, what the fuck's going on over here? He came by. Oh, yeah, yeah. He also got a visit a visit from Cesar Chavez. Oh. I don't know who that is. The, Why? The, the revolutionary guy in, like, South America. Oh, the, sa- the guy that made this. The guy that's on the posters Sorry. in the college dorms. The posters. That guy. It's fucked that that's how I know of him. Also, even, so I'll get to this. Eventually, they do make everyone shave their heads. And so George Lucas. Cool. He's in California. He's hanging around Santa Monica. It's 1970. George Lucas is going to direct his first movie. Uh, It is the sci-fi film. Star Wars. THX 1138. It's his directorial debut. And he needs a lot of bald people for his background actors. But he couldn't get, like, they didn't have, like, the budget for the makeup. And people wouldn't shave their heads because that's insane. So he went to Synanon to get a bunch of extras in the background. So there's Synanon people in that movie, I guess. I love this. There's celebrities that are just popping by because it's just... They're purporting so much success. Diedrich is saying that that's a 80 to 100% recovery rate. Um, this this was never verified, though. And then one number that I saw a couple times that it speculated only 70 people out of the thousands and thousands of people that were involved with this organization actually got, like, sober and recovered. But, you know, the actual number is somewhere... Whoops. The actual number is somewhere between, like, 0.01% and 80. We don't know what the actual number is because... 80%? No. Definitely not. Definitely not. Oh, 80 total. Maybe. That's not a good not, not a not good, good metric. Numbers. We don't know the numbers, but it's just he would just say stuff. This guy, he's a narcissist that liked to talk and he would just say stuff, like grandiose things. Aren't all these culty boys? It's they're all the same. Um so, remember I mentioned tough love approach. And that is through the tough love approach isn't just in his personality. It's in the treatment plan. First step of the treatment plan, you go cold turkey. There is no treatment plan. You just have to. I feel like that's skipping a step You just have to give two. the shakes and vomit it out. And uh, they'll be like, you're fine. Fucking toughen up is the vibe at Synanon. Um, there's, you know, just no pharmaceutical intervention. But I think part of that is because, you know, 
this guy, he's not a doctor, and he doesn't have a doctor on staff, which did lead to his arrest in 1961 for illegally running a hospital without a license. But Jesus the thing Christ. is that him getting arrested, that his as they're referred to as synonites, the members, <laughs> they it like wasn't a negative for him. They saw him as like a martyr when he got arrested, because he's just a leader of the mm, cause and he's willing to uh, go to you know go to jail for the cause. You know he's fighting it. Not that against the liberal elites. He is you know doing un like very un unsafe things to people's bodies. And just yelling at them and berating them because oh so then the second part of the approach about the yelling build the, the wall the yelling and the berating the it's like so first step is you get clean cold turkey with no treatment whatsoever and then the second step is and like a big part of this organization is this thing called the game you got so it's quote unquote group therapy where people would sit in a circle. And they would tell each other or yell at each other what issues they had with the other members. That's not a game. The, That's not a game. And like the idea is you would learn about yourself and learn how to interact with your fellow members. But then, like, also, I guess part of it is, like, lying was encouraged. Like, you just make shit up and, like, scream at people about it so that they would have to defend themselves. And this was therapy. And... This sounds terrible. It was bad. And like not only that, it would it could go between the game could last from like one hour to forty eight hours of just people yelling at you. Um but people while coming down off of just drug addiction. This is like after you after it's out of your system, then you get introduced to the group and then you start it's like part of the treatment plan is the game. It's like living. How did this work for anyone? It didn't, you know, but like there are there are people that still support him, but Hearing about this makes me want to do drugs. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, a couple, and then I also saw this quote, like, uh, to get an idea of the game, the game would start with questions like, quote, the most boring person in this circle is blank, or what really pissed you off this week? And so you just start screaming at people. <sighs> that feels like cards against the humanity. And, like, this already sounds bad, but this is what it was in the beginning. And, like, this kind of... Uh, way to approach people in addiction. It just it got more sinister and it grew. Uh, but somehow Synanon got really big. Especially they had like rapid growth in the '60s. Uh, thousands of acres of property were purchased. They also bought this palatial building on the Santa Mo in Santa Monica, right on the beach. It's called. It was called Club Casa del Club Casa del Mar. It's now just a hotel again. I think it, it was like, I guess it was like, it was built as a hotel and then it was like used by the military and then they bought it. And now it's just a hotel that has like a really fucked up history. It's like gorgeous on the beach. It's crazy that like this cult owned it. Um, hmm. And then, yeah, and just like rapid growth in the 60s. They made a movie about them, like with a budget, I think. That I guess, have you guys heard of Edmund O'Brien? He was in 1984. No. Barefoot nope. Contessa, White Heat, DOA. He was like a big actor in the 50s, and he played uh, Diedrich in the film. It's just, it's crazy. He's getting so much celebrity attention. Mm. But a big part of it, like, why with their expansion, was the celebs coming through, and then also just weird, I don't know, seekers at the time, because it's the 60s, it's California. They, what they referred to as squares, started joining 
So they weren't addicts. They were nerds. They were nerds, nerds that just wanted something and needed something. I guess they thought it was a good idea to community. get yelled at in a community. Suckers. Suckers. <laughs> and um Where's the money come in, by the way? Is there like a, a big monthly membership? We'll, we'll get into the money a little bit. Um so yeah, it was in nineteen sixty seven that Synanon they changed their like mission statement to like curing addicts and to rehabilitation to quote research into the causes of alienation and delinquency. So it's just like a very weird, vague, broad way to see like what makes you feel like you're not part of society and like kind of a fuck up. I don't know. So you know how I want to join a society is being in a cult. <laughs> it's a good little society. Um, Everyone's forced to be your friend. So another quote, a quote here from Diedrich when it was very much turning from a sober club, sober group, sobriety group to a cult. Quote from Diedrich. This kind, sorry. This is the kind of revolution that moved the world from Judaism to Catholicism to Protestantism to Sinanism. This is a total revolution game. It's called synonym. Sin, so it's synonym. Synonism. Synonism. It, but it's a synonym. 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 That's, that's what he meant. It's a to synonym say. for a cult. Synonym. Um. So you know, we. I think we've already established we all think it's a cult, but then just here's more shit about how it's culty and how it got like way off the fucking rails. That with the money thing, there was a category that that Chuck decided. You know what we'll have. You know what. You know what. You know what. I'm gonna expand it. You don't have to live on the premises if you're a quote unquote lifestyler. They are the people that hang around and like go to the game and like hang around the people that live on campus. I guess you could say, but they get to live outside and have jobs outside. Just the majority of their income has to go to the cult. But then also, literally the majority, like most of your money has to go to them. If Jeez, you want to be a lifestyler sense. status, if you don't want to live but here, then you, s- then you need to still give us most of your money. And somehow still be able to live on your So own. here's the thing, too. So it huh. actually wasn't like an issue. It sounds like the big <clears throat> issue is brought up by the people that did live in like the communes. They're like, these people are posers, like commit. So the lifestyler thing was nixed, and either the lifestylers left or they became full-on members. So that was like a thing that just like lasted for a bit in like the mid-late 60s. Um, also, and then it was just like, you know, Diedrich, he's fully changing it. There's, so like it was a thing in the early version of it that if you graduate, that means you're sober, you're rehabilitated, you can re-enter into the world, right? Like that's like the goal of a sobriety group thing. But he then eliminated graduation. You are never going to be good enough. No, you have. You never cured. You're never cured. You have to stay here if you want to live a better life. But it's just because he wanted to do a, an experiment. You know, he wanted that utop. He wanted to make his little society. He wanted to do his own thing. And like, he also the remember, money. there are multiple locations across California at this point in the late sixties. He owns thousands and thousands of acres of land with properties and like communes built on them. And then also like satellite offices. Like, there's one in Detroit. There's one in uh, other places. They're all over the place. Um, it also got more weird. Here's the kid stuff. Uh, just a touch. There's gonna be more kid stuff. But um, so when it was getting a little culty, he was like, hey. 
we're going to raise the kids communally. So once your kid is like six to nine months old, uh, you can't you can see them once a week. They belong to oh. the community. And they're like, that's fucked up. And then <laughs> a lot of people left. And then he made it. That kid, that, uh, they wouldn't be normal kids. No. They would grow up to be monsters. But they're supposed to be raised communally. And we'll get to you later. <sighs> Turns out Chuck just really fucking hated kids. Um, <laughs> Hell yeah. In the 70s, he then made it even more strict nice. when Chuck decided to send all of the children to just one location where they just had all the kids in one spot. And it's like, you can see them if you can get down there, but I bet you can't because it's probably super far away. Then a lot more people left, but some people still stayed and sent their kids off to this one like little like kid commune. Um, they did try to get religious status. It didn't work. A little baby cult. Uh, but they were still tax exempt somehow up until 1991 as a non for profit organization, even though lots of profits. So they have lots of businesses. They were like he would just like buy properties and like run gas stations and stores, and he was like trying to run schools and stuff. Like it was definitely for profit, like worth millions and millions of dollars. I, I'm not to the number yet, but millions. How did this guy not get stopped early? Oh man, it was like holy the shit. 60s and 70s. Like everybody was doing it. It was the time to run a cult. Like I don't know. Like I think no, it was 90 fucking. But one. no, I don't know how it lasted yeah. that long. I do not know. I don't know how he got away with it for so long. Like I get a couple of years of this during you know cult fever. But so I'm gonna also get into a thing that happened years? in the 80s that should have stopped it right there, but it didn't somehow. Um, oh, he's made people stop smoking because he quit smoking. Really lame. What a buzz What an kill. asshole. Like, it's all these people have left. It's the 70s. Pee-wee-wee. So, it turned violent uh, in the 70s, specifically. Um, they, that's when, like, the shaving heads was mandatory. Um, people, remember when I talked about before, like, how there's been this craze of sending kids to, like, tough love camps? You've said it before. So, Synanon places became one of those as well, and yeah, kids are just getting sent there and beat the sh- they just beat the shit out of them, um, if they were ever out of line. Uh, he's getting more paranoid. You know, he's a narcissist. He's recording everything he says all the time, and so if he suspected anyone was a sus- was a spy, they would get the shit beat out of him. He liked beatdowns. They did end up owning, like, what is the equivalent now of, like, a million dollars worth of guns. I don't know what they did with those, but they had lots of guns. He was paranoid, and he made people get huh. beat up all the time. Um, Peace and love. There was, like, uh, when ex-members tried to get, like, their family members out, they get a beat down. One guy got put into a coma from it, at least one. And then, okay, so, and then. So are the beatdowns known? Like, is that I don't know if it was so something- known at the time. Um, yeah, also, like, it would be hard the, to rationalize that as being, you know, part of the cause. Is, and, you know, you know I, I assume that it was like kids. many cult structures where it's only like people that are at a certain level that are involved in the beatdowns. Like when they're like up closer to him or like told that they are, then they're in the inner circle. Probably those have or like his enforcers. I assume it's not everyone that is put to beat down time but i think that there was also just like this level of control and violence because like a big part of you know like the base of this is the game which is a thing where you scream at people and tell them everything that you don't like about them and also lie about them so there's just this like toxic thing like at the at the base level of this group 
So, yeah. Oh, that's a real quick thing about the kids again. Just not kids. Not about kids. About peep adults. Uh, but he really didn't like them. And in the late 70s, he was just, like, fully open. Like, he fucking hated kids. If you had a kid, he'd be like, maybe don't join. Which is crazy that you'd even discourage people from joining. And then men that were in the group already were coerced into getting vasectomies. And women were uh, strongly pressured into getting abortions whenever a pregnancy happened. Huh. Yeah. You would think that's going against the cult. You know, more people, just, the better. I don't know. He really didn't like, but he that's what you would kids. think. But he just fucking hated kids, I guess. You know, live He's your like, dream, man. They're lame. I they're a buzzkill. I don't want them around. They're noisy. They're sticky. Get them out. Get get them out. Get them out of here. I'm, I'm on board. Kids. He also so like his wife died. Right? He had a he had a third wife, and uh, but she died in April of 1977. After this, he went even more off the rails. In October of 1977, so it's a few months after his wife dies, he declares that all married Sinonites should split up and find new partners. And he he led by example, in fuck? a way, he broke up his one of his daughter's marriages. He said they had to get divorced, and they did. And this led to 600 couples getting divorced under his command. Holy shit. He, he just seems like if something bad happens to him, he has to make everyone do it. Yes. Exactly. Like he had the doctor. I'm quitting smoking, so we're quitting Absolutely. smoking. Absolutely. Anytime it was something happened to him, yes, exactly. He's sober. Everyone has to be sober. I have to quit smoking. You have to quit smoking. My wife's dead. No one can have a wife. Everyone's wife's dead. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what a shit show. Yeah. And so with all these things, you know, people did keep leaving with all these weird new restrictions, but still people stuck around. For some reason, there are still people that uh, support him and say that it was good for their life, I guess. Uh, but, oh, the money thing. Where was it? So, like, in 1976, just to like, give you an idea of the kind of money these people were, this guy was rolling in, like, with these weird businesses he was running, like, through the non-for-profit umbrella of Synanon. Uh, the organization itself was grossing at the time eight point seven million, which is forty five million dollars today, with assets over thirty million, which is a hundred and fifty six point five million dollars. Not too shabby. Almost two hundred million dollars. That's pretty good. Like two hundred million dollars. That's how much I, I have in my checking account. Oh, okay. And you didn't even have to do a call. <laughs> Okay, so we're almost at the end. Man. So remember when I said that they didn't lose their tax-exempt status until 1991? There yeah. was some shit that happened in the late 70s that really should have put an end to it because it was a very public thing. I guess people still remember this being on the news. So remember the beatdowns? They have these guns, all this stuff, all this violence. They were also, you know, they didn't like spies. They didn't like detractors. Also, people were leaving in hordes in the 60s and going to the press. And this cult didn't like that. They were regularly threatening journalists, like, at their homes or writing into, like, you know, like, the bigger news stations. Like, anything they could find, they were threatening people as much as they can. But then it got really weird. They had, like, a very creative attack. There was this lawyer named Paul Morantz. He represented a young woman who had been held against her will by the cult. And he won. Cool. But then Synanon's not happy about that. 
And so one day he came home from work in 1978 and he went to check his mailbox. And inside there was a rattlesnake that bit him. Oh my God. The rattlesnake's rattler was removed by Synanon members to make it sneaky. And yeah, he was bit. Thankfully, the ambulance, like first responders, arrived in time with antivenom. Uh, so he did live. But this was like a big story in the news, like crazy call, six rattlesnake on lawyer. And uh, there were a couple of guys, I didn't write down their names, in their 20s who were part of the conspiracy. Also, I mentioned Chuck Diedrich. He loved to record himself. So there was recordings of him talking about putting the rattlesnake in this man's mailbox. Oh, come on, dude. <laughs> so, Turn it off when you're being explicit, sneaky. Explicit, like evidence he against loved him. loved recording everything that he did. Because I don't know. I don't know. I think it's just like like L. Ron Hubbard. Like everything has to be written down and everybody needs to know exactly what I'm thinking because I am God. I think it's kind you know, of. Maybe cult leaders, maybe they're like a little maybe, off. Maybe, maybe a little off. Uh, So that was pretty good no. evidence in court. They're like, we fucking got you, man. But they, for some reason, didn't offer him a plea deal uh, where he got to serve uh, no jail time for it, for the conspiracy to commit murder or attempted murder. Um, but he did get uh, probation, and he had to step down as the leader of Synanon. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. Somehow, it did last for a while. Uh, but it was once, like, they fully lost their tax-exempt status in 1991, It like that was, like, the end. It fully fell apart after that. And I'm guessing he was, like, maybe trying to secretly run the cult still. But once they lost that, they kind of lost everything. I assume they lost a lot of their properties without having that status. And then um, he died in 1997. And that's the end of Synanon. I think as far as that guy is goes it was a success for him he was able to do True. it his whole he life lived, he lived a... all cult leaders have good lives what are you talking about <laughs> yeah shit sounds it's awesome saying the plea deal that he got he was on tape saying i will murder a man with a rattlesnake put it in the mailbox and what was he pleading he what was the plea he deal he i think like that the prosecutors were happy enough i guess with him they pled no he and the other two guys like the two guys that like i think actually did the rattlesnake handling and put it in the mailbox they all pled no contest i didn't see like what the the two younger guys uh their results were but i think maybe they thought of it as a win for him to have to step down as leader of the cult because then he wouldn't oh. technically like, wouldn't have that kind of control. But I also don't know how you monitor that. Like, how do you know? Man, take him down farther. That's that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, he didn't serve jail time somehow, or maybe jail waiting for you know throughout the trial. But that was it. Then he just got mm. probation. And he wasn't allowed to be a cult leader anymore. What a legend. Yeah, Chuck Diedrich. He did it. <sighs> But, like, the most buzzkill of cults. It's weird, though, too, like, just how many... Like, fucking Jane Fonda hung out with them. And she's a good lady. Many famous people love cults. I guess. It's just so weird. It made me think of Scientology I mean, stuff. Yeah, true, I was going to say Scientology is pretty true, big. True, 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 true. Yeah, there's just open to weird ideas back then, I guess. But I just don't I, see... I guess the tough love thing also wouldn't seem as weird in the 60s and 70s when you were brought up with, like... A regular beating for any insubordination to your parents so like that wouldn't seem so strange i guess to those people culturally i don't know it's wild so yeah started as a aa type thing 
with some tough love turned into a shaved head murdering with snakes cult. That is a really bizarre That's one. That's Oh, could've and I guess better. they are could've went worse. They are working on an HBO documentary series. Uh I saw oh, you're an, love I that. saw an article about that. I hope I learn more. I'm excited. So look out for that. There and there's talks about it this year. Hmm. Cinnamon. Cinnamon. S Y N A N O N. Like S Y N Anon. Synonym. Get thirty percent off your membership to Synonym with uh, coupon code slasher. Coupon code rattlesnake. Nice. Uh, another big deep dive on something really strange. Uh, thanks, Long. My turn. My turn. It's gonna be short. Short and sweet, I swear to God. Um, Leviathan. You've All heard right. it you've heard it said many a time in the Hellraiser franchise. So um it's mostly comes from religion. Uh specifically Judaism. Okay. But okay. um it essentially means sea serpent. Oh. Um it's the Jewish embodiment of chaos or eater of the damned. Ooh. Um, Christian and like Christianity, more of like a uh, demon of envy, which I didn't really get. But, mm. you know, I it's, it, it was a light deep dive. Like I said, this is going to be a quick and um, uh, interestingly, uh, behemoth is kind of like the land version. Oh, okay. like. Leviathan's okay. the the sea, and Behemoth is the boy on the land, <laughs> and Leviathan is the girl in the Wado. <laughs> so you have the two different ones. Noted. <laughs> um, okay. Um, uh, a Leviathan in Judaism is quoted as saying... I am one of the meanest creatures that inhabit the sea. I am 300 miles in length and enter this day into the jaws of Leviathan, which I thought was really funny to say. Like, I'm really mean. <laughs> I'm mean and I'm huge. <laughs> and also, get in my belly. It sounds like I'm a toddler trying to play make-believe as a bad guy. It kind yeah. of does. That's very. I wonder. Silly. I wonder if that was just like a translation thing. I mean, probably to some degree, but also I mean? think like I'm really just like I am like I don't know like even just being like I am evil. Like you're like okay, <laughs> yeah, sure, prove it, you fucking fool. Better than mean though. That's like I'm big, Mister Stinky Pants. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, very true. Um, apparently, a leviathan was, or the leviathan was very close to like eating the whale that Jonah was in. So like, mm. boop, boop, like, mm. boop, boop, you know, just uh, the leviathan boop, was involved boop, in that story. Boop. No, it wasn't. But apparently, like, uh, Judaism it. was just yeah. They they kind of retconned it and be like, but guess what? It was really close. That big whale that mm. ate Jonah. There wasn't even that. Was, it was. There was, bigger bigger. Was a, there was a bigger one. There was a there was there was one bigger. right behind it. The meanest 
three hundred mile long, the stinkiest. Um, That's interesting though too. Yeah, I feel like fucker. there's like in Viking lore also like a hundreds of miles long sea beast in the ocean. I mean, yeah, the Roboros. I mean, in general, yeah, yeah. I I was gonna say in general, uh, it's like uh, Drassel is like the tree. There's like uh, a I it was it was in the sea beast mythology mm. of like there's this big giant fish and it looked really stupid. It didn't look like a cool big fish. It looked like a big like carfish. <laughs> yeah, it looked yeah, kind of. It looked fucking dumb and I was like that's the Norse came up with that. <laughs> that's like, the best thing. It's the only fish like, the they bi- saw. They're like big magic carp is like my god. <laughs> Like you fucked up, but like whatever. Uh, the Leviathan apparently lived in the Mediterranean, which I immediately thought like three hundred miles. Mm. I know yeah. the Mediterranean's longer than that, but like how much so? And it's uh two thousand five hundred miles, which means like the Leviathan would have been swimming Pretty in something that's small like small tank, like a not studio even apartment. ten times longer than it. So yeah, like yeah, he's just like chilling in a studio. And also apparently ate a whale a day. So, like, I don't know where you're getting these fucking whales, buddy. You know? Y- you are not eating good in the neighborhood. You've got to figure out a new fucking feast, which was apparently the world. And apparently in, Juda- uh, in Judaism, like, uh, at the world's end, like, you feast. There- there's, like, a feast on Behemoth and mm. um, the Leviathan. Do we we get to eat them? Yeah, you get to eat them. I don't know what they taste like. Probably like ass, Probably dude. Like bad Giant guys. fucking carp really fucking bad. thing. Old, I don't want it. Old and mean. Dirt. Old mean dirt. Yeah. Uh, modern revisionist Bibles talk about uh, the Leviathan being either a crocodile or hippo, which is way less. Well, depending. If you're talking about a 300 mile hippo, a kind 300 of 300 mile hippo? That's dude, that Holy just shit. Eat- I could just eat fucking dirt and live. That'd be cool. Like a serpent, you can understand how you could stretch it out, but a hippo, we gotta have the mass going all directions. All directions. Dude, that thing would be scaled. fucking heavy. It's, a, it's just like a world ender. Truly. Um, I mean, embodiment of chaos. Giant hippo. Easy Definitely. peasy. Definitely. That would do it. That's pretty damn chaotic. Um, uh, fictionalizations. I mean, I think without saying, it's obvious that uh, Moby Dick is probably the most classic repurposing of the word Leviathan, and it stuck um, uh. using Leviathan to mean like just giant sea beast in a uh, broad term. So you got that. That's where um, I was thinking of it from. That uh, Mastodon album. Um, also, like, other things that have been considered, like, giant sea creatures, sea beasts. We got the oarfish, which is the largest bony fish in modern times, which is, like, 23 feet long. Just, like, a big, long fucking eel Wait, what is this called? That's I want to Google gross. it. Oarfish. Oarfish. Is it... How is it like a nice fish or is it more mean? I'm guessing or? it's just kind of it's kind of doing its thing. It's it's not like a, a fucking giant, but it's just like very Dang. long. It's like a long eel. Dang, that's big. Big long eel. There's like a famous photo of like some like fucking sailor folk holding it. It's probably like whoa, 10 folk. yeah. They're pretty. 
they're not like disgusting, but they're not, like cute because they're twenty three feet long. Meat. That's a swimming. I meat see a picture too. of sixteen people holding it, and then there's a a Labrador retriever for some reason there too. He's just hanging out. I mean, he was there for moral support. Everyone else was feeling pretty gross holding this giant fucking boy. They look stoked. They're smiling pretty big, but... Because of the dog. No, yeah. (laughs) Fucking foolish. Of course it's the dog. Um, And, like, of course, like, giant squids have, like, been tied to um, sea serpent hood... Um, I could have gotten into Nessie, but I feel like that was too adjacent and also not really what I wanted to get into. I feel like we were looking more serpentine than Nessie. Nessie's more like, hey, you want to see a dinosaur today? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, It's it's more uh, paleosaur. Uh, That's that's actually the guy with the long neck. That's a that's a that's like brontosaurus. Did you just pull that dino term out of your ass? Yeah, Paleosaurus, we got Brontosaurus, we got Ankylosaurus, we got Tyrannosaurus, we got the Spinosaurus. Somebody was a dino kid. Stegosaurus, no, I fucking hated dinosaurs. (laughs) They fucking suck. They're stupid. Jurassic Park is like just fine. (laughs) Dinosaurs suck? Are you an idiot? They're not that cool. They're literally the coolest thing. No. Uh It's like animals, except they're giant monsters. Yeah, do you know what's cooler? When you look at, like, the giant sloth, and you're like, hey, do you want to see a sloth, but, like, aggressive and literally, like, bigger than any bear that has I think this existed? is a sex thing for you. <laughs> Bring up the sloth again. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, oh that no. wasn't on purpose? <laughs> oh, no, I, I assume that you're going to do a sex joke about it. its giant, giant claws. It's giant, giant puss, more oh. like it. I can't tell if you're joking about the dinosaurs thing, though. That's going to stick with me. Kind of Dinosaurs same. aren't that cool. Yeah. It's fucking wrong. Lizards are the least cool. Lizards. I'm, I'm going to close this Zoom call. <laughs> that doesn't make any fucking sense. They're the coolest things. I think mammals are, like, far superior. Mammals, Obvious- Mammals Hold are on. stupid. I also agree, obviously, mammals are better, but giant, like, giant clearly. fucking dinosaurs. They're boring. Dinosaurs I'm a were mammal. so big, bro. Big Giant deal. mammals. Why don't you giant mammals? There's not enough of them, got man. whales. There's the, the biggest yeah, there animal were. is a whale. I, yeah, well, there were. they don't make Gi- movies about them, buddy. Give me a movie about them. Let me learn about them. Uh, you that's 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 the thing is that there aren't movies about them. Jurassic Park ruined everyone's brains forever. I would love to see a movie about giant mammals. I love mammals; they're the smarter ones. Also, birds, sick. But like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like the picture that I took at the fucking science museum with that giant fucking bird that has a beak like four times, probably not four times, like two times. The beak is two times longer than my body. That's insane. That sounds fucking stupid, dude. Whoa, Aaron, not cool. That is a bad animal. That no, doesn't. Dude. That's not the right Aaron, ratio also, to be a, a good animal. You're out of line now, too, Aaron. You're both out of line. Hey, I'm. I'm pro all. I'm all giant back. animals are cool. I'm not making lines. Uh, you know, no, I fully agree with that statement. Statement approved. Slasher tracks approved. <laughs> giant animals are good. Giant animals are good. <laughs> giant animals are good. <laughs> back. Three thumbs up. Speak. Good. Speaking of giant animals, anything else about leviathans? 
Um, yeah, nope. <laughs> I did not do any All more right. research than that. I was up against, I had my back against the wall. And sloths were looking at me in all kinds of ways. Oh, <laughs> keep it in your pants. <laughs> the sloth? You love all that bacteria growing on their back. I like how slow they move. <laughs> oh I'm going to throw up out of anger. <laughs> ah! Ah! <sighs> wow, that's got me feeling... Uh, I don't know, some kind of way. Um, I could take us down and uh, end this episode out with a little bit of uh, a little bit of a bio on on the guy that made the music for this movie. A throwback to our first episode uh, where I really focused on the music. I'm gonna focus on it again here, uh, but I'm gonna be quick about it. Uh, so the the guy that made this uh, soundtrack, his name is Ben Lovett. Love um, it. Love it. Um, and so I don't know if you guys know anything about the the director of this Hellraiser, like that he also did The Night House, and he did The Night House and The Ritual. Okay. I knew that coming into it. Um, So also, it was it's another one, it's interesting when we do these, there's a lot of times where the director and composer work together in multiple Mm -hmm. movies. This guy, uh, love it, was loving it in all three of those movies. So he's got a pretty spooky back catalog. Um, and just looking at his discography, he's 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 done a lot of work in horror movies. Seemed like a spooky guy based on on the list. And then I go to, to look him up. He's about as unspooky as it gets. Oh? <laughs> Christian uh, Rock? I'm going to share my screen a little bit so you can see. <gasps> Not quite, but like... Oh. Oh shit. Uh so here's here's Love It here. Um I don't know if you can see in the screen share, but he literally has like little hearts tattooed all oh, over his Oh those are hearts, okay. Oh wow, yeah. wow, wow. Is he's he a part just, of a pop punk band? Um he has done work with um a band Alkaline Trio, if that counts. I've heard of that. I'd say that counts. Uh, to me, after watching him talk, doing interviews, looking at his face, he's <laughs> got very piercing blue eyes. He, I wrote down that he seemed to me like the anti-Jared Leto. Mm. Um, oh, I get it. I see he's, that. He's just a nice, cool dude and not annoying, <laughs> but also looks the same. <laughs> um I, I, I watched an interview that they were having him of, like, one of the little premieres of Hellraiser, like, in a small festival thing before it went out. And he's talking about Motorhead. He's talking about Coil. Nice. Like, all right, dude gets it. Um, I it, it got me... It was a good first impression of him, and I kept digging in. Um, there's a really cool track-by-track review of the whole soundtrack if you want to be a giant nerd uh it's on xano bard reviews i'm not gonna do that <laughs> um it was a good soundtrack though um my criticism would definitely be that it just it relied very heavily on 
the original score by Christopher yeah. Young for Hellraiser 1 and 2. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, third note didn't come out. <laughs> but that's okay. The look in your eyes. <laughs> the fear. Yeah. I can't redo that either. Um, so he's... I wanted to talk about two projects that he did right before these horror movies really started blowing up. And now it seems like he's just going to be doing movie work but he had two really interesting projects first um let me click around a little bit and find where i was going um okay so yeah okay uh on 2012 he had an his debut album called highway collection and uh you can you can find all about it on the website but the interesting thing about it like i said before collaboration each song is recorded in a different place with a totally different band. Mm. And each song is also has a visual by a different filmmaker. Apparently there's over 500 contributors to this whole project that sounds as pretty a whole. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's neat. So uh, his musical style is not really my thing. I, I recognize a lot of talent here. It's kind of it's like singer songwritery with like some rockabilliness oh, sort of to it. I'm expecting that. I don't know. Hard hard to hard to Wild. describe it. Um, but so and, and I I didn't listen to every single song, but I listened to a good amount of them. And um, I want to bring up one of them called Heart Attack because it reminded me a little bit of Red Hot Chili Peppers, which. Um, I know uh, stepmom is our resident Chili Peppers boy. Um, it's true. Hey, maybe I'm off here. Maybe you'll tell me to go fuck myself. <laughs> but the first 30 seconds of this, I felt like, eh, it's, it's, you'll see. So uh, this is our boy Love It in Heart Attack. Also, it's on Vimeo, so you know it's serious. Feeling a little chili peppersy? I can I can see a little bit, especially compared to the other ones I was listening to that were like singer songwritery. It's got like cute little makeup on. I want to move on here, but yeah, you can see his uh, his little heart uh, tattoos on his arm there too. I think if you were into, if I was more into that sphere of music, this would be a really interesting album because each song sounds different because it's made with different people. Um, and one other one I want to bring up off of it is a song called "Ghost of Old Highways," uh, and this one is very. Cohen Brothers, uh, Western-y, and so each one of these songs had a video, but this one has an entire full short film. Mm. Starring Lovett, it's essentially Ben Lovett is killing an army of Ben Lovett's one by one okay. in a Michael Cohen-y period piece thing on a mountain while a piano kind of band fun. jams out. It was 12 minutes long. I can't tell you that I really understood it at all. It was a little, you know, how short films can be a little like, well. Um, and so it's the song inspired the short film. 
and he composed new music for the film based on the song okay. for the film. Um, I just thought that was kind of kind of neat. I'll, I'll play us a few seconds here, but it's not really going to translate. A lot of the stuff I'm, I'm going to share today, it's not going to be cool for me to talk about it for 20 seconds, but like, it seems like actually really interesting stuff that if people wanted to dig in more, they totally should. This is Ghosts of Old Highways with our, our boy again. It's Vimeo. I don't think I can skip forward, but it's this like old timey, almost like, it's like Civil War. Times. Yeah, yeah. It kind of almost this, looks like video gamey the way that it's shot, too. That shot did, yeah. He's got this giant. Like six barrel shotgun thing that he seven barrels. And so he's essentially all the characters here besides like that girl. Dude's got a lot of creativity, a lot of art to give the world here. Shoot him. I wanted to show the blast before we move on here. I wish he was also the love interest. <laughs> Just in a dress. Yeah. Boom. So that's... And there's a whole army coming at him. And one by one, he just starts picking off this whole army. Um to a cool soundtrack and like literally there's a band that shows up that's like playing upbeat uh cowboy sound of music on a mountain during this almost like narrating it sort of uh it was pretty cool uh and if if you're into that stuff this highway collection album it seems like this this guy uh he's he's an artist and i wanted to bring up the other album he did before he got, you know, big famous movies. This one, his name's Love It. This one's called Lovers and Friends. I don't get it. And taking on that theme of new people and collaboration, this one is 12 songs done on blind dates with different songwriters. He's meeting them for the first time, and they hammer out a song. Mm. And each one sounds pretty different, because it's... And again, it's there's a lot of singer songwritery stuff from my. I use that as like a really derogatory. If I don't like it and it has an acoustic guitar, but there it, it does spread. Uh, there's a good amount of different sounds because there's songwriters for Panic at the Disco on this. Uh, Lan Lana Del Rey, uh, others, um, and not only I did, think I've heard of others. <laughs> Others, they rip. So not only did they do one song on each of these, like he's meeting them for the first time, they also, he made it a web series based on it. And uh, I watched a couple episodes of it. Um, it. It was cool. He was, it's just like this weird, nervous, creative energy. And he compares it to like going on a real blind date and talks about how like, well, this is way harder. Cause like when it comes down to it, a blind date, the goal is sex, and that it's pretty simple. Relatively, it gets complicated later. We have to make a song. We have to figure this out. 
and is the idea too that he only meets up with them like one time to make the song or is that at least the concept not that they they, make it that day they really do do it that's that's what it seems like to me they do do it i did not watch this whole thing but um i don't know i'll show you a couple seconds of it but it's not gonna matter to see a few seconds in a way that's out of your control and you don't really know how the outcome of that's gonna be you guys sufficiently depressed yet? <laughs> Lovers and friends, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Cheer you right up. The feel good hit of the summer. Yeah. If you're gonna start a song from scratch, sometimes the best person to someone who you're starting from scratch with. And the fact that you don't know the person actually, for me, kind of frees it up. I feel like everybody you would collaborate with would be slightly different in the way it goes down. It's not all my influence, it's not all your influence, it's actually both of us throwing ideas against each other. I, think that I like that quote a lot. Bring something out of you that you wouldn't stumble on by yourself. Totally. So that's that's the intro to all these. Yeah, they're building ideas off each other. I don't know. Honestly, was, what a cool thing. I like want to so watch cool. these. Yeah. Yeah, you, I you, was I'm fully invested in that now. Like that seemed like a very cool uh concept. Um I think the I, the amount of urgency in it it makes it even more interesting. Like they had to do it in one day. Like they didn't yeah. get to like know each other and find out what each other vibe with. They just kind of like did a fucking thing. Got goosebumps again. Yeah, fucking wild. That's actually really really cool. And yeah. um I will definitely be checking this out. So we have Ben Lovett, uh, Lovers and Friends. They call it Season 1. Uh, it's a series of four EPs, um, and it's also this web series. Each episode's like 10-ish minutes long. There's like 16 of them, each with a different person. I watched two. Uh, it was entertaining. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's just a really cool. It's kind of inspiring. It's just like a cool way to be creative. And... I guess I was just kind of blown away by how anti-spooky this guy's personal work is. Uh, yeah, it was just it's all like all like, about being like heartfelt and genuine and vulnerable heartfelt, with people. Yeah. Um, and there was one other project that he did. It was this um, a, a big orchestra composer, com- composition for... Um, he's a, He lives in a city called Ashland or close to it, I guess. Um, it's this, like, Ashland Presents. Is that in one of the Carol... Where's that at? Is that in a Carolina? We'll say okay. yes. <laughs> but he did one song, and there's, like, some behind-the-scenes, and he, he's, there's some, like, kid choir part of it, and he, he's, like... I don't know. I, I'm, I'm losing it here, but he's, like, I see five of you, and I only see two smiles. Where's the rest of the smiles? It was charming he's just full of like good positive energy and yet makes nightmarish soundscapes to big horror movies now maybe he approached it in the same way as he did the fucking uh fucking lovers and friends he was just like you know let's just spend a day with hellraiser and like get in the vibe and just like churn that shit out maybe i have a feeling he's got a a different way of going at it than some of these other people that i've looked into Definitely felt collaborative, especially reading into that, like, um, the, sh- the short film where he played all the characters and stuff. It was, yeah. like, this, the music um, directed what the video visuals were going to be, and the visuals 
kind of directed what the music was going to be and it was this whole big thing. I don't know. It was pretty cool. I, I didn't have enough time to dig super deep into it, but Ben Lovett, he's got more than horror soundtracks. And a big thumbs a up from really Slasher Tracks. Interesting. Yeah. Um, if, if you were into... Uh, giant Sloths. Uh, giant Sloths. You're going to love them. Death. Uh, big. Big. He gets the big thumb. Big what thumb. What an honor. Yeah, um, it's pretty cool. Two two interesting albums, definitely worth checking out if if you're into that kind of stuff. Uh, ben Lovett, one to look out for, and I mean, I'm sure he's gonna keep doing these. All three of those big horror movies are were good. I know Cody fucking hates Hellraiser, but <laughs> uh, Nighthouse was great. Ritual was great. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Oh, uh, that's slander. Slander yeah. tracks. <laughs> slander <laughs> tracks. I like that. So I, I don't know if he's going to continue doing stuff like this. It almost seemed like these were his personal projects before. And now, him. now like big Hollywood stuff is going to keep him busy. And, yeah. You know, pay the big bucks. But at the very house. least, uh, it's good stuff all around. Um. That's all I got. Uh, good, good, good enough soundtrack. Uh, like I said, it did rely heavily on the original. I don't think score, that that's a problem, though. To no, it, I think that's a solid fucking thing. Yeah. If, it's, and if it's not broke, it, don't fix it. Yeah, you know what they yeah. say. You know what they say it. They say that. They you know who say says that? that? All of them. All every they, they fucking. All do. They if they wouldn't say it, they wouldn't be true, and all of them say it. They all say it, and if you ask them, they'll be like, they'll say it again. Facts. That's how it's Facts. sure they yeah. just say if it's if it's not broke, ain't fixing it, mm-hmm. and then you just say Dag-um. everybody else said that too. Dag gum it. We not fixing anything. Well, we keeping everything well the same. Nothing broke. Uh, so that's it. That was our Hellraiser episode, Hellraiser 2022. We'll see how... Um, the 22nd Hellraiser movie. <laughs> the tw- Might as well be. <laughs> the 11th, but... Uh, yeah. Um, I liked it. I liked it. So, Slasher Tracks is giving it two out of three thumbs ups. I thought it was a movie. It, you're, you at least didn't give it a thumbs down. No, I am um, not giving it a th- thumbs down. I think that would be disingenuous. I'm trying to be true to who I am as a human being, but also I was trying to be generous when I was watching it, and it still gets a neutral thumb. Kind of like I'm mm. fist bumping somebody, but then when I fist bump them, my thumb pops out, and I'm like, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just, uh, I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to start fist bumping gonna like that. everyone. People are going to like that. I can't believe you didn't like the special effects, but... That's, we just gotta move on. We gotta move on. I I do like that our that our tastes are so different. It's it's always nice bouncing opinions off each other. Um. So I mean I think that wraps up this one. We're gonna be back to the Frank world. Uh. We may, we may have a little surprise on that next one. Uh. Potentially here. Uh. Thanks for listening. I've got uh, some more tricks up our sleeves. Uh. Next time. I'm Aaron. I'm Sloan. And I'm your step mother.
Stay, mother. Boop, boop, boop. That's right. I thought we were going to keep going. Check out Ben Lovett. Don't join a cult. Get really big and mean. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Okay. 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 Okay.